0: Good morning, Glenn Clark Radio, Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass, you, I guess. I mean, if you hear my voice, I assume you're here. Much to do on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Day's Grill. Coming up in just a bit, our buddy Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com will check in with us. He's apparently going to play golf today, so he needed to go early. Maybe call him at like ten fifteen. Maybe we do that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't really. I don't know if we need more Drew today, but I whatever. Um, later on in the program, we make our trip to Bowie for the week. We catch up with uh, Zach Peak, uh, pitcher for the Bay Sox. By the way, uh, reinforcements coming to Bowie. Um, Colton Kowser showed up last night and hit a home run in his first game. Kobe Mayo. Just a very exciting time for uh, the Bay Sox as they get the next sort of wave of uh, prospects within the Orioles system. And then also this morning we'll catch up with Ben Verlander from Fox Sports. Of course, very popular man on uh, the, uh, the social medias. We'll talk some Orioles generically with him, get his thoughts on what they should, should not do, ahead of deadline, things along those lines. That's all coming up today on the program. Get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse game of the year. The 17th annual All-America Lacrosse Boys and Girls Senior Game will be on Saturday, July 30th at Johns Hopkins Historic Homewood Field. This is your chance to see future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the world. Go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets now. So, I am not a baseball expert by any stretch of the imagination. I think everybody knows that. I think if you're, you're here, you know damn well I am not a baseball man. But my thought would be that if you want to win a baseball game, you try to get more than one hit. Again, I know it's been done. I know baseball games have been won where teams recorded one or fewer hits. Who was it that won when they got no hit earlier this year? Was it the Pirates? No. I think the Pirates were the team that threw the no hitter maybe. Oh, and or, they lost, yeah. Or was it the Reds against the Pirates? I think the Reds were involved somehow. This year, someone lost a no hitter. That happened this season in the year of our Lord 2020, oh. <laughs> I know what year it is. I totally know. It can be done. I'm aware. And maybe it would have happened last night. For example, if the Orioles, you know, had scored a run on the
1: Who it was up? the Reds? It was the Reds. Do you Reds, know
0: yes. who it was against? Who? They the, lost. Pi- the, Pirates. the Pirates. The Pirates beat the, beat the, Reds. Reds. Yes. the yes. Reds. the Reds. The Reds threw a no-hitter. Yeah. They lost the game. One to zero. That's the thing that occurred. Um if, for example, last night the Austin Hayes had maybe slid underneath the tag at first base or something like that, and the Orioles score a run there. And then, ironically, Austin Hayes catches the ball in right field in the bottom of the eighth inning. They could have they could have won that game last night with just one hit. It could have happened. But a suggestion: you want to win, you maybe get one hit. Perhaps Robbie Ray said, heard me say yesterday that uh, I didn't think he had been dominant this season. In fairness, I was not watching, and I was later informed that he's actually, like he had a, maybe a rough start or two at the beginning yeah. of the year. I mean, compared
1: to last year. It's,
0: well, yeah. He was now. really good last night. Yeah. He was unbelievably good last night for seven No beard, minutes. Robbie Ray. Yeah. Uh, and as And as Kevin Brown pointed out, very tight pants. <laughs> the man once has something he wants you to see. I'm a man who recently wore a Speedo in public. And I, I think those so you get are, it, yeah. there's a questionable decision being made there. Um, You know, Dean Kramer, the ironic part being, Dean Kramer pitched seven shutout innings, which is insane. Like, this is insane. We all, of course, any of us that watch the game know, he got extraordinarily fortunate. Which isn't to say he should have gotten shelled last night, but... The balls that were hit off the bat against Dean Kramer last night should not have led to seven shutout innings. They were roping the ball last night. It just so happened to be that there were a number of exceptional defensive plays made right up until, again, the bottom of the eighth inning when they could have used one from Austin Hayes, which in comparison wouldn't have even been like the most exceptional play he would have had to have made last night. That's the tough part about watching that is you're like, I don't want to call it routine because it definitely wasn't routine. But the more you watch it, the more you're like, how did he not? Like he's right there. What happened? How did he not catch that ball? But the Mariners definitely deserved to win that baseball game last night. Um, as they were making really good contact all night long and just sort of not getting deserved results, whereas the Orioles were able to get nothing going against Robbie Wright. Um, they'll play in a game this afternoon, 4 o'clock. Again, the last time the Orioles played an afternoon game in Ooh. Seattle, it went really well. So, Austin awesome both. Yeah, I'm going be- to guess not. Just going to guess not. going to guess that's not going to be a Chase thing we history. see uh, occur today. Um, as they try – look, they you win the series in Seattle – you keep winning series somehow, and this thing keeps dragging. It. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to talk about this thing because I don't know how to talk about whether it's real or not, or whether they can actually be in it or not, or any of those things. But just take it one game at a time. To throw out every cliche you want to throw out, and uh, they'll try to go win the series this afternoon in Seattle, and we will continue to monitor. How the Orioles perform and what that means for any decisions that they might make. Because today, it was funny because I was talking about this. God, who was I talking about this with yesterday? Somebody that I respect. Somebody in the business. And and they said back, like, look, the Orioles can't overvalue what it is they're doing right now in playing good baseball since Adley Rutschman arrived and change how they operate because of it the comparison was made to the marlins of a couple years ago now albeit that i think those marlins that we're thinking of were in a very short season that 2020 2020. season right that was the year that the Marlins. yeah that was the year that they made they made the playoffs so i'm not it's a little bit different because that wasn't a real season but the point that he was making was you don't change your plans just because you outperformed expectations you still have to have a big picture plan and the point that i made back was yes but the big picture plan should have always been looking to come into fruition in the span of 2023 2024 now i was particularly down coming out of the pandemic coming out of the pandemic and looking around and saying well they got nothing for all the trades that they made although dean kramer is trying to change that now and say hey you might have gotten one thing for all of those trades that you made um which again is more than what we thought so who knows that could prove to be the case you got nothing for all the trades that you made you lost an entire season of minor league development this is not going well the reality is that the window is probably a more like a five-year window. And when you consider the fact that this thing didn't really start until 2019, when Mike Elias got here, that math puts you at 2024. But that's still not that far down the road. So assuming that the Orioles performing not even extraordinarily well, but just above expectations this year, is some sort of wild aberration versus it being a sign of what's to come would make no sense. I don't think the Orioles should make their decisions at the deadline based on this year necessarily. I do think that would be crazy, although... There's there's an extent like if they somehow as I keep saying if they somehow went off and, and won eight of their next ten and they're over five hundred and they I'm not telling you they should go try to acquire pitching at the deadline and trade away from their farm system just yet but I do think they should reconsider whether or not they deal Trey Mancini at the deadline at that point I I do think they should think about that again unless you're getting something extraordinary but the point being. You should be making decisions now considering next year. And the trades that you should be making shouldn't be, well, if we can exchange Jorge Lopez for two 18-year-old kids that we're in love with, that makes a lot of sense. No, not anymore. It did once upon a time. Now, if you're trading assets, it should be guys who are close to major league ready. I keep using the comparison of the... um, Eric Bedard trade, again, understanding you don't have that type of asset that you're going to be dealing. That does not exist here. John Means could have been that guy. And we can go back and revisit a year ago, the morning after the the no-hitter, when I said, look, nobody wants to talk about this, but the conversation might be right now, should you be looking to deal John Means? And who knows, maybe they were, and just the injury prevented that from occurring a year ago. I don't know what would have happened this year. But they don't have that asset. But the concept of, yes, we're trading for prospects, but we're trading for guys. Adam Jones was immediately a big leaguer when he showed up. He'd already been in the big leagues. He wasn't an established major leaguer at that point, but he'd already made his major league debut in Seattle before that trade. George Sherrill was a major league ready type of prospect. They just had a longer leash, if you will, because you had more team control. That's what you should be looking to do with anyone you might be thinking about moving. If you're looking to move Jorge Lopez, it shouldn't be for 19-year-olds that you love. It should be for guys that are ready next year. I'm not trying to go crazy in how I view this team because I get it. It's still unlikely that they do anything of significance. And I'm including in that the scenario that I painted where they're just playing meaningful games in September. It's still unlikely. It is really hard to keep doing this without starting pitching. It's so very difficult. And there is no obvious answer coming. D.L. Hall is not an obvious answer to fortify this rotation. It is not obvious that when Kyle Bradish gets healthy, he can fortify this rotation. It's not obvious that Dean Kramer can even keep doing this to fortify this rotation in any sort of way. There's no obvious answer. Tyler Wells' innings limit or pitch count is going to be a concern as the year goes on. It is extraordinarily unlikely that this team can continue even being reasonably competitive. But it's not impossible That's important to note. We have to acknowledge that. If we utterly dismiss this and pretend like it's not occurring, that's a mistake as well. And what it should be viewed as is a sign of where you are and that you should no longer be making decisions about three years down the road and now be making decisions about next year. It's always been about 2023. I said that when everybody was screaming about Grayson Rodriguez not being here. I get it. I wanted to, you know, I like Grayson Rodriguez too. But figuring out how you want this to look and innings and all those things before the injury, the priority always needed to be 2023. Get him here. It would have been nice to let him get a taste of the major leagues in 2022. And he, of course, would have. But every decision you make, make it about 2023 and being ready to put your best foot forward to try to go do something. Again, I'm not saying win the AL East. I'm not saying be competitive, to be a dark horse candidate to win a World Series, but to do something, to contend, to try every decision you make. And I'll keep coming back to it. We'll talk about Ben Verlander later. If, for whatever reason, they go on a tear between now and July 31st, I do think that matters in how you make some of your decisions now. Not reckless. There's somebody offering you a mountain for Trey Mancini. Sure. Sure, I get it. you would be insane not to take a king's ransom for a player that isn't... You're you're not going to commit to long-term. And that's a bummer, and there's a different conversation there, and trust me, I would prefer the Trey Mancini be here. But I, I understand if you know he's not, and you have an overwhelming offer on the table, it kind of doesn't matter if you're outperforming expectations at that point. But if you don't, and you're just trading him for the sake of trading him, I keep coming back to that, that's a decision you should make. I'm kind of harping on it this week, and people are going to say, boy, we're still over a month away from this, part, in part because I'm going to be gone for the next couple of weeks. It's the thing that I think is most relevant about the next couple of weeks. How do the Orioles perform the next couple of weeks, and how does it shape what they may or may not do when we get to July 31st? I think it's the most interesting thing that exists with the Baltimore Orioles. What happens? How does it maybe or maybe not change their decision-making in any capacity? Understanding there's only a few assets that I think are even tradable at this point. Jordan Lyles is tradable, but you're not going to get much. Jorge Lopez probably tradable because he's a commodity. Trey Mancini tradable because he's not here long term. But that's about it. That's that's. I mean, Santander. I get yeah. That's unfair. Santander would still be on the list, and I would say, you know, I would prefer that to Mancini, but I think it's possible they do both. How does it impact? What happens? We'll find out. All right, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook for you to get your bets in. And they're expecting huge crowds on Saturday night for UFC 276. Israel Adesanya, Jerry Cannoneer, big fight. Always massive crowds for the big fights in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So if you want to reserve a table, if you want to reserve a set of reclining chairs for you, your friends, your group, whoever it is, for the fights on Saturday night, email right now events at sportssocialmd.com. That's events at sportssocialmd.com. Get your spot reserved to hang out, bet, watch the fights for free. You could come out on top on Saturday night. Not only do you not pay for the pay-per-view, you can win money watching the fights in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It's Wednesday. Um, we, we'll get the Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. But right now, our buddy DrewsMorningDish.com, Fairways and Greens on 105.7 The Fan. He is Drew Forrester. He's with us here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? All is well. How about you? I'm all right. So I let's let me. I we're gonna be off the next couple of weeks. I haven't told you that yet. Yeah, don't worry. Your check's still gonna clear. No problem. But we're I gonna cover be- that. I need the money. Oh, I know. Um, sure. We're gonna be off for the next couple of weeks. So okay. I'm what I'm most interested in right now. Okay. Regarding, like, I, it's neat that the Orioles are playing better baseball than we could have possibly fathomed them playing. Of course. Can it get to a point? where they have to reconsider what it is they do on July 31st? Like, is there anything they could do between now and then where they got to sit down and say, I know we always just assume we were going to trade Trey Mancini for whatever we could get at the deadline, but if they win 10 of their next 15 games, something like that, do they have to think about whether or not they really should be trading Trey Mancini when, as insane as it would seem they're somehow in this thing at that, that point?
2: You know, I kind of wrote about this today. A friend of mine texted me last night while the game was on when we only got one hit and said, hey, do you think, what, would you bet that they get back to 500? If you could make a bet, and of course, the answer to that is yes, right, but yes. would you make <laughs> a bet that they get back to 500? I said, you know, I think it would depend on the odds, but if I got 15 or 20 to 1, that they could eventually get to 44 and 44, even if it was for one day, I probably would bet it. So I'm saying that to acknowledge that I do think there's a chance that they could be of that ilk where they get to August or July the 20th and they're 54 and 57. And you're like, we're five games out of the wild card. Right. What do we do? We're we're, going to trade these guys away. Right. So here's the answer. The answer is, you and I would probably change the course. I don't think Elias will. I think you're right. I think he's going to say, this is, I'm, not, I'm not allowing a two-month gamble to alter the direction of what I set out to do. Because for all I know, I could add two players and we could finish 77 and 80, whatever that is, five, and not make it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So that's what I think.
0: So I think I think you're right about that. I guess what I would say is, and and this is now because I think the real question is, what should we be demand? You know, this is the way it works. We're supposed to be the guys that you know hold everybody accountable. I know we gave up on that some time ago, um, but like, should I be demanding that they do something different? Like, it, at what's the point where I have to say? You know what? No, the hell with it. You, you can't do that. And I don't know. That's, I'm struggling with that. Because okay. I, I think it does depend on what it is that we're talking about. If it's, you're just trading Trey Mancini for whatever you could get, and I always worked under the assumption that it's not just because he's so valued in this city, it's just, I, I don't think there can be much to get in a Trey Mancini trade. I think most teams believe they have their own Trey Mancini. Right. If you're just trading him for some sort of lottery ticket for some sort of, you know, 19-year-old kid that you scouted and you were in love with and you wanted that isn't viewed the same way by everybody else in baseball, that would be where I might step in and say, "What are we doing?" Like, what 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 is that? What right. is the point of that versus saying, "Ah hell, we're here. Let's just go ahead and give it a shot." If you can get serious things that are a value and can help in the next year or two where we now think the Orioles should be ready to be competitive then okay I I can listen to that still being the priority but still doing the thing where you're trading for the sake of trading and just taking whatever you can get with I, I feel like at that point it would require someone like me who's still supposed to care to step up and say now that ain't right that's not what you're supposed to be doing at this point
2: I, I don't disagree with that, but I I still think, and I don't know that this plays into it either. But the Yankees are going to wind up winning 115 games.
0: Right. I mean that's insane. It's not. It's, right. it's bonkers. So I mean,
2: uh, do you do you do you take
0: do you concede? You know. Well, but not say, everybody's going to win 115 games. You know what I mean? Like that. Right. The, the 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 third wild card team ain't going to win 115 games. The third wild right. card team might win 80 85. Oh no doubt. I, I, and know, I,
2: I, I think it's. I do think it's worth. You know, I do think it's worth looking at, and um, maybe you set some sort of, hey, on July the 20th, if our record is X, we shift, but if it isn't, we stay pat.
0: You know, stay pat. I think that's fine. I still had multiple people—this is the one that's mind-blowing to me. I've had multiple people, including Bordick the other day, say— I deal Austin Hayes if you can get something crazy for yeah, him. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I like I can't I can't believe. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I, and I refuse to believe they're thinking that way. I, I like if that's a thought that they're having is right. hey like maybe we can get a king's ransom for Austin Hayes. Then there is a part of me that would say just burn it down. Like there's no you're the Marlins right. at that point. You're just not trade them all. you're not trying to build to something. You're just constantly not going to pay guys and. And, and not do... Like, there has to be a purpose to all of this,
2: right? It's... Right, right. Yes, yes. I mean, I guess the only other thing I would say is at this stage, I, 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 would, I wouldn't say everything Eliza's touches turned to gold. That would probably be inaccurate. No. No. But I would say that at this stage, everything that he said he was going to do or everything that he set out to do has pretty much come to fruition. For the most part. I mean, these kids that he's picked have all been, he's picked three kids. Every one of them appears to be a budding rock star. You know, I'll well, be, I mean, we have two no, haven't been up exactly. yet, they haven't been up in the majors and I get it, but I'm, I, I, I'm on board with this guy. So I am predisposed a little bit to singing his praises, but I do think, you know, for, for what he set out to do and the manner in which he went to do it, he's delivered everything we've asked of him so far, in my opinion.
0: I, you know, it's an interesting way of looking at it. I think he's done a lot of really good things. I still think there's room to question whether or not, like, the the kind of cute way that he went about taking Kerstad at number two when nobody thought he was number two. Not because Kerstad got Meyer kardetis but just were there other players that were more worthy of it? Everybody was screaming about Austin Martin. Austin Martin hasn't done a damn thing. Um, and was already traded out of one organization. So maybe he did know something there. I I think I agree with you in that. I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, okay. I'm not I'm not ready to say like, you know, this remember the, the way that Ravens fans used to do that, in Ozzy we trust and, and he could never right. get anything wrong right. despite the fact that he could never figure out wide receiver. Um, I'm not I'm not ready to go anywhere like that with Michael Lyas, okay. right? Like I there's not enough there for me to say that. He he hasn't won two Super Bowls. Correct. Or he hasn't hasn't won anything. (laughs) Right. He's done nothing as far as, you know, putting together a contending baseball team. But to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, I think for the most part he's done the right thing, sure, but I guess this sort of speaks to the other part of it, which is, do I know that he can transition this from he knows how to do a rebuild versus he knows how to make a team turn into a winner? And, I don't have any evidence of that, and I'm, I don't know, I'm, I at least have to have a fair amount of of skepticism about it, don't I? Yeah, that's fair.
2: I'm just, I'm a little bit more on the other side. I'm a little bit more of, just let this this kid keep doing what he's doing. He's been great so far, and it's been so long since we had somebody who was great. Maybe I'm blowing it up more than I should, but I think this kid's done a great job.
0: Okay. All right. I'm, I'm willing to listen. By the way, I, there was no world in which I thought I was going to be paying attention to Orioles games into July this season. No, correct. So that's correct. No doubt. That is a huge upset. Um, you shared – I you know, I did. I actually wandered over to DrewsMorningDish.com the other nice. day. Believe it nice. or not. Yeah, right? So when you saw – Thank you. When, when you saw your page views double, you're welcome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you use all the help I can get. I no doubt about it. <laughs> Do I ever know? Um you told a story that I had forgotten about the two of us with Tony Saragusa, and I completely, in in all of the conversations I was having about Tony Saragusa, I had forgotten about this. Can you share? Oh that my story gosh,
2: now? you don't remember that? I mean, you remember it now that I jogged your memory. Yeah, we had had um, I would say we we had a one. You know, we used to do the same thing every year. We would show up at these Super Bowls full of you know what and vinegar we'd go out the first night yep. we'd you know paint the town semi-red and the next day we'd be like we, okay we, were we, we,
0: we would forget we were doing 5 a.m
2: we can't, can't can't do that anymore and we would actually most people pace themselves and by thursday of super Roll week they're they're in you know they're ready to roll we were the opposite exactly we, we were ready to go gone by tuesday go right home. yeah we saragusa <laughs> showed up that day and he's like what is wrong with you two guys and we're like <laughs> Man, I don't know. I had a late night. He's like, <laughs> "Late night? It's Monday night. What's wrong with you?" That is a fact. amateurs. That, that is had totally forgotten about that. <laughs> that I had amateurs. utterly <laughs> Cuz you were you were eating Tylenol like they were gummy bears. Right. You know, I got four coffees in me. I'm guzzling coffee. You're like, dude, is there any more Tylenol on your bag? And he's like, what's wrong with you two?
0: We were, we were, this is a, this is and a meanwhile, strange.
2: by the way, he had just gotten in. He, he is, right. he was right. still legally right. like 0.18. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> laughing at us. And we're, we're, you and I are both, you know, hungover, which, you know, again, for me, hungover is I had three glasses of wine. That's a fact. Yeah. And right.
0: Yeah. And, well, it probably <laughs> meant that I, at that, at that age, it probably meant that I had 12. Right. <laughs> but he's like
2: what's wrong with you two I said, nah, we we were out late last night he goes really what time did you guys get in I'm like I don't know midnight he's like what's wrong with you two All amateurs
0: alright right. so let me do the debate me coward part you I know you addressed the column that I wrote uh, for Pressbox on Drew's Morning Dish oh right about Sarah at the Ring of Honor and and my point and by the way humorously you, you kind of said something in there which I had already addressed I understand that everybody's going to say well you're only saying this because he died well yes I I wasn't and at no point would i have likely written a column about tony Saragusa this week had he not passed away you're right, right. Sure, you're 100% sure, sure. right about that sure um what what tony Saragusa's death reminded me of and I, and it's and it's sad that i hadn't thought about it more before then but that sometimes it just it takes something like this to spend some time on it what it reminded me was of how frosty the relationship was between the ravens and the city of baltimore when they arrived and, and, Drew, it's something that young Griffin could never fathom, right? Like, he could not fathom that because he's 22 years old today. Happy birthday, Griffin. Um, is it, Are you 22 or 23? I don't even know. Griffin. 20, no, 20, oh, 20, oh, young 20, 20, 20. Griffin in there. Okay. Yeah, 20, more importantly, it's Gunnar Henderson's birthday. It is so. Gunnar Henderson's birthday. He's 21. Hopefully he got an alcohol after he hit for the cycle last night.
2: Well, let me just say this because I know exactly where you're going. Let me just say this. Um, the way you – Described Saragusa in that piece, which was very well done, and it came from your perspective of someone who was very who didn't who didn't understand the Colts leaving yep. because you weren't young you weren't old enough to understand it Fact. right. So you so you came from that position about Saragusa. I can I come from the exact same position with Adam Jones, mm-hmm. but I come from that position as an adult. Mm-hmm. Adam Jones, to me, um, was, is the, was guy the guy that made
0: you fall in love the, with the team. That again.
2: got me to be interested again in the yeah. Orioles and got me to really latch on to someone that I thought was genuine. Mm-hmm. And in my, and yours, but I'm speaking for me, in my time on the air when we had what I guess we would kindly say was an adversarial relationship with the Orioles, I found most of those people over there to not be genuine
0: which is one of the reasons why we didn't get along well, hang though. on a second I, not not J.J. Hardy though <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: right and I found Jones to be the first authentic genuine person in that organization that you know to whatever degree you want to say I could connect with whether or not it was professionally or just watching him play and knowing what I like in an athlete so I do understand where you're coming from with Saragusa my counter argument against against him would be, I don't know that playing wise, he's a ring of honor guy, but I do, but I do believe in, I do believe esoterically, if that's the way to put it, I do believe there's room for consideration for that. And that's one of the things I've said about Jones. And, and I don't, I don't know that they have to retire his number, but I would do something with Jones to where I would say, no one's wearing that number for, for 25 years. Sure. Oh and sure, I, and, right. and the and the reason I say that is because of what I think he represented a time in Baltimore baseball that he represented, and so that's kind of what you're saying with. It's, and
0: I and I do get it. It's a lot of. It, there's no debate. He's not worthy as a player. Like I'm not even trying to pretend. And I, but I do think it matters. And this is was...
2: by the way. This is also the same sort of argument. I already got a couple more minutes. By the way, I'm oh. on the tee and they're yelling at me. Okay. Um, right. This is the same sort of argument. I, I would love to have more of this conversation down the road. I because I think this is the same argument you can have for Kevin Byrne.
0: You know, I wrote something about Kevin Byrne when he retired, and I and I, what I wrote then was the Ravens need to come up with something else, right? Like, and they, that's fine,
2: they and maybe need, that's how Saragusa fits into that—that that it's called right. a something something honor, right? A hall of it fame, goes, whatever they, and want it to, goes to, right, yeah. and it goes, and like as an example, Dick Cass should be in there.
0: Yeah, but I still think that I would separate Tony Saragusa even from those guys because of how public. Like, he was the first player the majority of this city fell in love with okay like I, I I think that I would still separate him even from those guys in that way i okay I, I think the better the better comparison that people have made to me would be o j Bergantz, right. That what O. J. has meant to this community sure. would would you argue that he's deserving of the Ring of Honor and Well, my,
2: he's been far more impactful in the community off the field than right. on the field, is your is your point.
0: Right, correct. Yeah. And and Tony Sergusa was a better player, right, than O. J. Burges sure. was and was sure, more sure, impactful sure. to that. Here, quickly, let's do Would You Rather wins. since you got it. Go. Number one, would you rather the Orioles continue to be competitive and alive in the playoff race? Right up until September when it falls apart in heartbreaking and I mean spectacular fashion, like four and thirty two type of fashion. Or if it's going to fall apart, let it happen now so you don't get emotionally attached. Um, I
3: would say let it
2: fall apart, Ben. I I I think there's always merit in winning. So if you get seventy wins and then you fall on your face. That's still better than getting to 44 and falling. Well, I'm, 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 not, I'm thinking that
0: the number's going to end up being about the same when it's all said and done. It's just when does it... I know what you mean. When does it... When I would does say it,
2: let them keep winning. Okay.
0: Uh, uh, you've got to pay off an old uh, parking ticket that you got that's uh, now like thousands of dollars, all right? The judge says you can pay it off by Joey chestnutting it, and you have to eat between now and when you go to bed Monday night, 76 hot dogs and buns, or... You can pay it off like the quarterback of the University of Kentucky football team, and you can put a packet of mayonnaise in your coffee or whatever the first thing is that you drink every morning, every day for the rest of the summer. Yeah, I'm good with the hot dogs. Bring him one. I know you gotta eat that many anyway between now and yep. ba- one. Your Baker Mayfield. Would you rather end up in uh, Seattle, where the division has been bananas for years, or end up in Carolina, where the division is mostly open except for that you know pesky Tom Brady thing?
2: I'll take that division because he's done in a year. Uh, we'll
0: go to the West. I mean, the you, you, South. You, you, say, you say he's done in a year. Sure. Yeah, right, right, sure. Right, right, right. Sure he is. Uh, Would you rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Day's Grill. We love Glory Day's Grill. They're giving away backyard barbecue. Glorydaysgrill.com. Get your order in. Ribs, wings, burgers. You know it. You love it at Glory Day's Grill. What's coming up on Fairways and greens on Sunday morning? We're going to talk off, afternoon. which is what I'm going to go do right now. Oh, what a crazy thought. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. Bye. This is Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. Fairways and greens on one o five seven the fan um i I have not it's it's i by the way I've really appreciated the feedback on the for the most part I, let me take that back awful lot of people that are still doing the bit where they just respond to the 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 headline that didn't bother to read the column if you're someone who has because I've gotten a lot of responses if you're someone who just saw the headline of my column about Tony Siragusa and responded by saying, oh, what, we're going to put every player in? I, I addressed that. And I had to say that to my buddy Joe Enoch when he responded. Like, it, "You read the column. I'm begging you, read it. Then we can talk about the merit. We can talk. We can have a nice debate and a healthy conversation about the merit of what I wrote if you read it. But when you read it and just lazily say, Oh, he's never been to a Pro Bowl. Do you think I don't know that? (laughs) Honest to God, I know I'm not the smartest person on the planet. I, I get it. I know that part of my persona is playing up how stupid I am. I get it. But I am still the columnist for the website that you're reading and you're following and you're... Do you think that I don't know... That Tony Siragusa never made a Pro Bowl. Do you genuinely think that? Pause. Let me separate because I do get worked up when these things happen. Like I, I, I get it. I, it's part of me to blame because I play up me being stupid. And in the span of the earth, I am stupid. I don't know how to change my oil in my car. I don't know, you know, quantum physics. I don't know things. I, I, I can't practice law, things that would help me be very wealthy and in a better place in my life. In, in that context, I am stupid. But in the context of the people that comment on websites, I'm the smartest guy you know. In that context, in the people that are commenting, I am far smarter than you and I know way more than you. Not a brag, because again, does not help in the world, I'm very stupid. For the most part, there have been people that have been willing to engage in the conversation and have a healthy debate about whether or not the Ring of Honor should be just about football players and the the best and greatest football players in Ravens history, or should it also include these very important stories and these very important people that have existed throughout the history of the Ravens. And what's the line for that? And that's, when I referenced this column, and when I woke up, I, if you would, again, ask me, what day is today, Wednesday? So w- that was the day that, that Tony Sergusa passed away. So if you, if I, at 10.37 a.m., last Wednesday morning, if you had said, Glenn, hey, uh, you think Tony Saragusa belongs in the Ravens' ring of honor? I would have audibly laughed. What are you talking about? Because I hadn't considered it. Because unfortunately for me, it required Tony Siragusa passing away, and I'm sorry that it did. It required him passing away for me to sit down and think about the true impact that he had on this city and this franchise and being the first truly beloved Raven. Vinny Testaverde was popular, Michael Jackson was popular in in some part because his name was Michael Jackson. Derek Alexander was popular. Even Jermaine Lewis, because he was local, right, because he was from here, because he was one of our own, was popular. He was a returner, so there was a limit to that, but he was popular. None of them scratched the surface of the relationship that was shared between Tony Saragusa and Baltimore. And again, Tony wasn't here on the 96 team, but he arrived very quickly there after that. That matters to me. And in the same way that I would argue for O.J. Burganz, and I believe I have argued for O.J. Burganz to, to be recognized in the Ravens' ring of honor, I think that matters. I think that part of the reason why it was important to put the Hall of Fame Colts in the Ravens' ring of honor was in part to recognize what they did as football players in Baltimore. It was also in part to recognize the role that they played in shepherding in the Baltimore Ravens. And I referenced that in the column. They deserve an incredible amount of credit. John Unitas, Lenny Moore, Art Donovan, not quite as much Raymond Barry, but it, you know I get it. You're not going to leave him out. Those guys went out of their way to help say to this city, it's okay to love something new. We're with them. We are a part of this now. When you talk about us, we want you to think of the Ravens. And that's why I thought it was important they be included in a perfect world, we'd have all that oh, those records and that history back, and the NFL would reflect Baltimore NFL history, and the creeps in Indianapolis wouldn't still pretend like those guys were ever Indianapolis Colts. But we don't live in a perfect world. In the context of what we do, I think it was important to reflect that. Art Modell wanted to put Ernest Biner in as the guy that helped him in making the transition between two cities. Again, yes, is it absurd? Of course it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. But Art Modell gave us football back, and the, the least we could do is say, hey, man, we're willing to do this for you. Thank you. But the reality is that Tony Siragusa is the perfect example of what brought this together, and so that's why I wrote the column that I did, is because, unfortunately, his death required me to think about that. And I think there's room there for disagreement. Uh, some people have talked about, I don't want to water down the caliber of player. I don't want it to be that in five years, somebody's up for consideration, and we say, well, hell, if Tony Saragusa's in, then we're going to put this person in too. Reasonable. Reasonable. but we'd be doing it understanding Tony is not going in because of his football career. It, it mattered that he was a good football player. That I, I, You consider that in it, but you realize that you would be putting him in because of what he did for the city and for the franchise and establishing a fan base and establishing something here. So I, I appreciate all the feedback, even the idiotic feedback. It's always... Even if you just click, it's helpful. But I really like the discourse. I really like the back and forth. Hey, here's what I think. Or, hey, if we're going to do this, should we talk about? It? Drew says, should we talk about Kevin Byrne? Kevin Byrne was not public enough. Kevin Byrne was maybe the most meaningful person behind the scenes in the history of the Baltimore Ravens. But I don't think that the Ring of Honor needs to be for that. I think that should be more public. The average person in Baltimore was touched by Tony Siragusa. Not necessarily by Kevin Byrne, although a lot of people in Baltimore did know, I mean, he did a lot of interviews, he did a lot of, he wrote for their website, I mean, he did do public things, but not enough that I feel like it needs to be the Ring of Honor, which is my response to Drew. That's my thought on why I would say no on Kevin Byrne, but when somebody brings up O.J. Brigance, I would say Yeah, I I think so. I think O.J. Brigance should also be there. I think we should be telling the story of O.J. Brigance. I was asked about Mo Gabba this week. I would think about that, absolutely. My thought is, at some point, I'm going to take my kids to a football game. I'm trying to put it off for as long as I possibly can because I don't like going to football games any longer. I've talked about that for a long time. But at some point, I'm going to take my kids to a football game. And they're going to look up and they're going to say, Dad, who's that? Because that's what I did with my father when I would go to somewhere. I would look up in the rafters and say, who's, who's that person whose jersey is there? We'd go to a Maryland basketball game. Who's Who's Elmore? That's, you know. That's how young I am. Who's Shu? Who's King? I would ask those questions. And my father would have the opportunity to tell the stories to me. And I'm I'm not, I'm saying father because that's who it was. But if it's your mother, if it's your daughter, I want to make it very clear. This isn't a gender specific thing. This is just the way it was for me. And I have two boys. I don't have a, a girl. I'm going to take them to a game at some point. They're going to look up. They're going to say, who was Michael McCrary? Who was Peter Boulware? Who was, I mean, they. I think they know Ray Lewis. Who was Holly, Holiday Nagata? Dad, who was that? And I'd like to tell them the story of Tony Siragusa. I think it would be fitting. I think it would be fitting for me to tell them the story of O.J. Brigance in, in years, who they've met actually. So I kind of have told them the story of O.J. Bergantz. So that's what the column was all about, and that's what the thought process is all about in relation to the Ring of Honor. All right, when we come back in, we're going to, uh, uh, we'll play a little more of Would You Rather Wednesday, getting a bunch of responses in already. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You can go at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio and see all of the scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll get your thoughts next. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for glory burgers, glory wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location
3: near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, square off in the Charmed City match, July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com.
0: The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Klatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerle, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip
4: That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic Selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms.
5: brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Looks like uh, Will Barton
0: is going to be coming home-ish as the Washington Wizards are trading for a veteran point guard, Will, and Baltimore native, Will Barton. Funny because Ish Smith is part of the trade. You said coming home-ish. Ish. Oh, okay. Got you. All right. I was like, wait, what? No. And, uh, you know what? That's that's on me. That's on me. I, I should have. I should have noticed that. Uh, once upon a time, the pride of City College, of course. Will Barton and Monte Morris headed to Washington for Ish Smith and Contavious Caldwell Pope. I That feels like shuffling the deck chairs. Like, it just sort of feels like a... a okay we'll go with these guys instead like I it doesn't feel like there's that much significance from a basketball perspective but it's kind of neat I guess I mean it's not home it's not like Will Will Barton's coming back to play in Baltimore but obviously it's far closer to home and the opportunity for there to be more friends family members that would be able to see him play which is a neat thing um, and with um, Wes Unsell Jr. a Baltimorean coaching the team there's kind of more of a Baltimore connection to the Wizards not that I think that the city is going to suddenly openly embrace the Wizards or something like that but if you happen to be a Wizards fan and from Baltimore and there are a couple of you that exist um neat I guess I guess it's neat for you that there'll be a Baltimore kid on the Wizards roster they there've been it's a couple over the years they had Daniel Chefu for a minute um I just, god I I know that well Juan Dixon of course was a wizard for a while I'm blanking. I know there were others, and I'm just blanking on on who else has been a wizard at some point. Um, or a bullet even. I and I and I know I'm gonna end up somebody's gonna message me and be like, dude, what the hell happened to you? You're forgetting about so and so. Um Muggsy. Muggsy, of course, was a bullet for a, a minute. Um in his book he'll talk he talks about kind of how unpleasant the experience was for him of being a bullet, but um Gary Neal, I think, was a wizard for a minute at the end of his career. I want to say, oh uh, well, yeah, I think. He, I think Gary I think Neal he was. was a wizard. I think he got a brief taste coming back. Gary Neal, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Indeed, two thousand fifteen to two thousand sixteen, Gary Neal was a wizard. So, it, you know, there have been Baltimore players that have ended up being wizards over the years. All right, I don't need to spend any more time on that. It is not significant. The big news in basketball is that the Jalen Brunson sweepstakes appears to be over before it ever began, as the Knicks. Are clearing everything they possibly can to land Jalen Brunson, and are expected to give him an ungodly amount of money, um, based on the fact that he had a nice playoffs. He had a good whole. He had a good year altogether. He had a decent yeah. year. He had a really good playoffs. The Luka effect. He played with Luca. We we'll see how that works yeah. out for the Knicks. All right, uh, let's get into Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday, as I mentioned, brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where they are giving away that backyard barbecue. You can go to glorydaysgrill.com right now in order to sign up and win a backyard barbecue for you, your friends, and your pal GC. Would You Rather numero uno. And I I had to sort of reiterate this. Oh, man, I, I missed the joke, Proctor. I'm sorry. You know. You know Forrester's all about copious amounts of wieners in his face. God, I'm sorry. I missed that. All right, uh, number one, would you rather? This thing keeps going all the way until September, but then it falls apart. Now, I think that's the part people are not because, and I'll talk about this more. I want you to understand, when I say spectacularly falls apart, I mean spectacularly. I mean four and thirty-two esque, and I get it. They're not going to play thirty-six games in September, but I reference that because it was famously the worst finish in Orioles history. What, I'm year, what talking, year was that? Two thousand uh, five, two 2006. 2000, God damn it! It's hard for me to remember. Just before I started no, remembering it's, things, it's it's hard for me to remember four and thirty-two. Two thousand three. Sorry, they were sixty-three and sixty-three. God, and they won four games. Four and thirty-two the rest of the way.
1: I i think I it was i, I don't nah, want hang on that. hang on, okay, hang, on okay.
0: hang on now i'm saying it lasts all the way until september and then it falls apart okay, i get so it like you're not gonna play 20 maybe something in that it's going to be when i say bet i mean spectacularly bad like it's fun but it's not just that they don't just fall short it's not just a gee gosh golly they'll they fell short like injuries no, no, no! no? Okay. Just losses. Just Jorge Lopez starts blowing.
1: On every whatever
0: it, you figure out, the p- I'm saying something that becomes a punchline. It's that bad. We all the numbers four and thirty-two have stayed with Orioles fans for twenty years because it was so ungodly the way that it fell apart. I'm talking about something along those lines. And it's important for me to reference that because I think people are blanking on that. So I just want to throw that out there. So either they're really good all the way until September and then it falls apart spectacularly. Or if they're ultimately going to fall apart, I'd rather just get it over with now before I get emotionally attached.
1: I'm leaning slightly toward – I mean, like, it would be really fun to have, you know, a winning summer and care about this over the summer. Uh, But I'm like, just uh, to to fail that badly, that horribly, and just, you know, win maybe one or two games Mm -hmm. in September, Mm -hmm. like that, and I feel like that'd be worse for the franchise, too. Like, just because I feel like this year should be all about, you know, trying to get momentum into next season. So, I mean, if they're maybe, so like, if they get all the losing out of the way now, maybe they can maybe win 10 games in September and try to build some momentum going into 2023. You know what I'm saying? Like, Having, it, like, like I'd rather be able to build momentum going okay. into next season. Yeah, like, a, like how in 2011. The, the last taste. Yeah.
0: The, the 2011 story gets overtold. They were not good in twenty yeah, the, yeah. down the stretch. They just happened to win one game on the final day. So we've, we've conflated over the years. So what, if, what if the one win in September <laughs> is something like that? We've conflated <laughs> over the years what happened in 2010, where Buck Showalter arrived and they were really good to end the season. They Like, a terrible team suddenly got good when Buck Showalter arrived. We've allowed that. We've, in our minds, created an amalgamation of that and what happened in 2011 where they weren't very good at all down the stretch, but they won one game that we all remember at the end of the season. So we've kind of put the two things together. Like, we've allowed ourselves to believe that they were good down the stretch in 2011. They weren't. They won one game. They won a game. 2010, they were really good down the stretch. They couldn't build off of that going into 2011. That 2011 was actually quite a disappointment, um, as you'll remember, because they had signed with Vlad Guerrero, and there was oh, yeah, this, there was this hope that like these veteran players yeah. were going to turn into something. Garrett Atkins, remember correctly? Oh, Jim Tomey was twenty twelve. No, that was twenty twelve. He was on the good team. And, and again, I might be letting some of these years run together. I might be combining twenty ten and twenty eleven in some of these cases. But I definitely know that we combine their strong finish in twenty ten with them having won the final game in twenty eleven and try to make it seem like it was a thing.
1: Um, so. I think I think what I want I, yeah I I I think I'd rather us you know start start pooping the bed now in in July and have a bad July maybe a bad August and then just kind of a you know a, a 500ish September if that it, it, and and that way cuz I don't want to go through the off season again being the worst like be, like be like oh my god well the Orioles lost 27 games in September now
0: and again it's important to point out and this is why this is a, a this is why I came up with this you would still all the other things would have still happened right right and it's totally possible that by the, by September you could be 4-32 and 32, that you could have that type of falling apart just because the pitching is right. so dreadful cannot hold up
1: if like, there's good reason, like yeah, like maybe like you know Tyler Wells gets shut down, like mm-hmm. you get, you put him on an innings right. uh, limit. Same with same with Kramer. And someone or, someone
0: referenced that Orioles idiot on Twitter just said, "Look, I, I'll take the other scenario because it's basically Matt Harvey allowing nine runs in one and two thirds innings against the Jays on the last day of the season." I get what he's saying is like by that point, I don't really think they're the Orioles any longer. Okay, but the other players would still be involved. I. I really do struggle with the answer to this question, right? Yeah. Because I think what people... seems so easy to say, I want them to keep winning. What it, people but- are, and what they're, they're sort of driving in is the idea of there being value and feeling like you're in it. I kind of talked about this with the Labor Day thing, right? Like, what that would what that alone would do to even get to August. You're in late August talking about meaningful baseball games in Baltimore. It would be amazing. I don't think we're considering how wretched the other side of this can be and how difficult it is to get the stink of something like that off of you. So I'm struggling with it. I think I still end up coming back to the give me the taste of meaningful baseball because you can probably come up with this scenario. You can justify how it falls apart so spectacularly. Like let's say they trade Yeah. Well, your staff at that point is Matt Harvey and –
1: and uh Spencer Watkins and right
0: and Austin Voth and like you can come up with the scenario Keegan Aikens back in this no I, I don't think they're gonna do it. I don't think that's ever going to happen I think they know better I think Jorge Lopez is starting again. yeah something like that I well I hope Jorge Lopez gets traded yeah like like that you can start putting together the pieces of of how it could happen. Without poisoning the well, right, like where it's not adley mm-hmm. rutchman's fault that is right. as, as great as he is, he can't make Matt harvey a thing i you can I think you can do the math in order to make it work, but it's tricky and i'm I'm reluctantly going that route because there's something about that that's more pleasant to me where we get some meaningful baseball. I'm reluctant about it though because it really would concern me having a team be so spectacularly bad and the stench that kind of comes with that going into next season. I don't yeah. know how easy it is to wash that off. So that's – I'm just keeping – please keep that in mind as you answer this one because it feels like everybody um, was going the same way. From um uh, Ken Zales, it's not part of the question, but for me it depends on who they bring up and when. Give me the falls apart in September. What a summer that would be. i I, I don't know – who could they call up that would make you change your mind about the answer to this question? Like, if the answer is, in one scenario, am I watching D.L. Hall get rocked? Because if that's what I'm watching, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I could listen to that argument. It just seems unlikely, innings-wise, that D.L. Hall's the guy that's pitching every fifth day in September. I'd, uh, I'd be almost stunned by that. I guess maybe if he got shut down for a month now, he could be the guy pitching every fifth day in September. But I would be very surprised by D.L. Hall being the guy pitching every fifth day in September. And I just don't know who else would matter that you'd be concerned about that could come up this year. Gunner? Boy, it seems aggressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I know he just hit for the effing cycle last night. But Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> like He's been at AAA for a couple of weeks. I I don't know that I see it. Could he get a taste? Could he get up just to get a taste at the end of the year perhaps? Perhaps that could happen. But that he would be the guy playing every day and that he would be the one responsible for this type of fall apart, falling apart. I don't know. Yeah, you don't want that on
1: like that that is first major. Most league.
0: people are going the opposite yeah. way. All right, number 2. Would you rather you've got this overdue parking ticket Despite the fact that you're only now... You turned 22 today? Yeah. Today is Griffin's birthday. That's a straight shoot. It's Griffin's birthday. I learned that yesterday when I was going on about Gunnar Henderson. He was like, it's my birthday, too. Like, shut up. Nobody cares about you. It's true. Shut it's, up, Griffin. And I'm fine with that. It's Gunnar Henderson's birthday and no one else's. <laughs> it's Kawhi Leonard's birthday, too. Nobody cares. <laughs> Gunnar Henderson. That's whose birthday today is, and you know what? I've actually changed my mind. You need to pick a new I think, day. I think Colin Jost as well is nobody cares. <laughs> pick a new day.
1: Okay, I guess
0: tomorrow. Tomorrow, then, yeah. that's fine. I'll let uh, you have tomorrow. Thanks. You may tomorrow may be your day. Today is Gunner's day, and you're gonna have to deal with that moving forward until I in, until you know he whatever happens and he doesn't pan out or okay. something like that. And as and then long I can finally have it back. Yes, then okay. we'll we'll consider it at that point if he pans out the way we think he might you may never have okay. it back i have to Ever. get rid of the month yes okay. well yeah but you can move a couple yeah, days so. and you'll be in july you'll be fine then moral of the story is happy birthday griffin not really the moral Thanks. of the story but indeed happy birthday griffin um you doing? We i asked you if you're doing it you're not doing it not really i mean we're going to the beach during well during that time off so
1: we'll celebrate a little bit out there and Otherwise, I mean, keep it low key. I don't really do much. All right, All not a big right. birthday sounds, guy. Like, sounds
0: really boring, pal. I'm sorry Thank you for that. I'm sorry. Sounds but insanely boring. Not a big birthday guy. Yeah, like have a nice meal or something. Yeah.
1: Uh, tonight, my mom, my brother work. It's like, oh god, just this a is a really depressing. <laughs> it's my, not that. Don't my, don't be depressed my, my, for me, my dude. I, it, I it don't t- mind. It took me mind. damn
0: near to forty to start having depressing birthday <laughs> where like I just realized nobody cares. Um, I, the the reality of birthdays is only you actually care. Yeah, maybe your spouse, maybe. But after a while, once the kids come along, that's a stretch too, right? Like, they care about your – the kids are what you care about. You're like, oh, yeah, it's your birthday. We'll do something. Uh, Next year, both my bride and I uh, turn 40. And so we were talking – like, I know what I want to do for my 40th birthday. Tyus Bowser and I have planned it out. We're going to go rent the Jersey Shore house, and we're going to go have a party. It's (laughs) not going to be on my birthday. It'll be some point during the year in which Tyus can come along with us because he's also interested in this. Um, that's what I want to do. I don't have the money for it, but I'm going to do it somehow, some way. It's insanely expensive to rent out the Jersey Shore house. Um, but nobody else cares. So for years, I would just plan my own birthday party. And we did the same thing. We went we went duck pin bowling, and we went out and had cheesesteaks afterwards. We sang some karaoke. Great time. Sounds good. And then after a certain age, when everybody else started having kids, they were like, yeah, we're not going out at 10 o'clock. It ain't happening. We're too old for that. And like the last one that I did, there was like six of us and I was like, oh, it's over. It's just over. Like we're never, there will never be another birthday celebration again. It will be what I do on my birthday and nothing else. But I at least got to about 35 before it all fell apart, before it was over. This is sounding quite depressing. No, something.
1: it's not depressing. I don't mind. Somebody, my, my one of my best friends, like his birthday is in two days, so we'll like usually my friends and I will probably get to, we'll get together this okay, weekend. There you go. That when have, I ask if do you're doing well, I mean, like, that it's might not, be it's the like correct not, answer to the question. Well, it's Griffin. not like crazy different from every other weekend. We just get together and God, for the F's sake. <laughs> thank you, thank you for nothing. And I also I, I'm having a graduation party later in the summer. I've, like there's plenty of stuff about me going on. I don't need too much
0: more attention. All right. <laughs> Anyway, so there's there's Griffin. <laughs> there's Well yeah, I mean we're gonna hang out. All right, all right. I'm not I'm, not, I'm just it's fine. Hey buddy, you have a hell of a birthday, all Thanks. right. You Thanks. have you have yourself a day. Um despite the fact that you are young in age, you have a an overdue parking ticket, which I know doesn't make sense. It the math doesn't seem to work. I pay attention when I park. That, that that this could work out that way, but that's the way it goes. Okay. you got an overdue parking ticket, and the judge Says, look, you know, it would be unreasonable for me to think that you should have to pay twenty thousand dollars for this parking ticket. <laughs> Just that's not fair. That's not that nobody should pay twenty thousand dollars for a parking ticket. Th- thank you, Judge. So instead, we're going to do something else. And to pay your penance, your debt to society, you have to do one of the two things. You either have to eat. I, this number is staggering. You're Joey Chestnut, it and eat. 76 hot dogs and buns, matching his world record. Now you get to do it between now and July 4th. And July 4th. Okay. 76, though. Do that math, because we're talking about five days, and not even a full five days, because you don't get all of today. Five days, we're talking about, I can do this math, over 14 hot dogs a day. So, like, do like two in the morning. I mean, you're going to have to be doing two every couple of hours. Over 14 hot dogs a day. Setting hot dogs in the buns. middle of the night. Now, because this was asked, I need you to know, you don't get to choose your, you don't get to, oh, I'll, I'll get a nice potato roll. This will be fine. No, you're eating the Joey Chestnut, the 4th of July, Nathan's Hot Dogs and Generic Buns. That's what you're eating. No there's, ketchup, no there's mustard. There's no way for you to to like, eh, I don't really care about that as okay. much. Ketchup and mustard, fine. I mean, but you're not, no chili cheese, nothing like that. Okay. I don't think you'd want to do that. No. Considering <laughs> how many you have to eat. 76 hot dogs and buns between now and Monday. Or you got to go to jail. That's the thing. If you, don't, if you fail, you have to go to jail. Oh, okay. For the 20 point, years? Yeah, like, I mean, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or you pay off your penance. Will Levis is the quarterback at the University of Kentucky, and apparently Will Levis, when he has his coffee, squirts mayonnaise in it.
1: That is so gross.
0: Every day for the rest of the summer, your morning coffee or whatever, because I don't drink coffee, you know, other people don't drink coffee. Your first beverage of the day, you have to put a packet of mayonnaise in that beverage.
1: Um, I mean yeah, I, I don't think I could do that. So I have to do it every day for the rest of the summer. Every day for the rest of the summer. And that's like what, through September what, twenty first, is that what you're Man, saying? Wait, like, through labor. Okay, Nobody through cares. That. It's not
0: a <laughs> Labor Day. That's when summer ends. So that
1: would be a lot of days. Let's see what like. Do you drink? Co- are you coffee? I, I do not drink coffee, so I probably. What's be like, your
0: first like, beverage of the day?
1: Sometimes milk, but mostly so, mostly water. Water for me. Yeah. Yes. So mostly, so I'd be like drinking. I mayo actually, and water. in a weird way,
0: I feel like water is and the. It's the one that would be, most,
1: like worse. Because I actually you'd go just the be opposite in the mayo. I or? go the
0: opposite way. Which is because it's the absence of any other flavor. It's not like you're getting some bizarre flavor combination that like makes you sick. It's something else entirely that's going on there. I, I
1: don't, don't think know. I could do that. I mean, I'm not like like some people are disgusted by mayo. Like I'm fine with mayo on my sandwich, but I don't think I could do that every I, single. For what it's worth,
0: everyone is day. going. Everyone's going with the hot dog. This yeah, is the problem. I mean, everyone's going because it sounds dogs. doable, but, but it's it's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I promise you, it's not. You are just what you're essentially. What the people that that are saying hot dogs are really saying is, I like hot dogs more than I like the idea of mayo in my my coffee, right? They're not really doing the math on how many hot dogs they would have to consume over the. It's impossible. (laughs) You'd end up in jail. The other thing is unpleasant. Like I don't want to do it, but you could do it. You would be capable of doing it. So I get why you think your answer is to say, well, the hot one dogs. I would prefer is the hot dog. Somebody likes a hot dog. Uh Proctor says seventy six dogs between now and the fourth is twelve point six hot dogs per day. Like, is that right? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I guess I did the math of five days. Well, I mean it's five and a half days, essentially. So he's you know what? You're right. I did the math wrong. Twelve oh, so point like six hot dogs. It's it's six. it's cause it's not it's not it's five and a half days is what it is. I said five, but it's really five and a half. So it's five and a half days. So that math does probably work out, being about 12.6 Hot Dogs Day. Could I do that? Yes, I think I could. But I think it would suck more than the mayo. I've heard of weird S. This fits the bill, but I think it's the easier option. How much mayo are we talking? In our in our in our beverage
1: one packet one
0: like, like a the, packet that you would get, you get for a deli for a, when you would get a, a generic cold cups cold cut sandwich and they right. give you like one packet of mustard one packet of mayonnaise you Got know it. when like you you work for somebody and they're like hey we're gonna provide you lunch and we're talking like eight ounce cup of of coffee it's a or regu- water. whatever you put in it, it's a mug of coffee it's okay. a you know what it's a regular beverage that you would have you get a you'd start your day with a Thing of, do I get
1: to add anything else, like sugar? No, I mean, I mean no, I'm drinking water. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Like tea, that's it. That would be just the mayonnaise. Mayonnaise That's all tea. it is.
0: What? That's weird. Uh, Lou also said, I, uh, I will throw up just thinking about Joey Chestnut, so he's going to have to go the other way. I think there will be people. I do think there will be people that would say, I'll throw up thinking of the mayonnaise. Like yeah. I think that would happen. But this is a tough one. It's tough because I don't think people are being practical. I I think that we're just saying we like hot dogs more than we like the other uh, the idea. I don't think we're really thinking about how impossible it would be to consume that many hot dogs. Not something you're going to be able. Yeah, to Yeah, I
1: guess I'll lock in my answer. I'll go with the mayonnaise in my in my water every morning, right. just nope. just so to
0: make sure I don't have to go to jail. Quickly, number three. Would All you right. rather? You're Baker Mayfield. We uh, this is from the conversation we had with Aaron Oster the other yesterday on uh, Simply the Bets. We do Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11:40 a.m. Of course, that show will also be off for the next couple of weeks as we take our little summer break here. Um This week, we'll have Weekend at Bookies on Thursday at 11.40 a.m. That's normally every other Thursday morning. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Simply the bets on Tuesdays, Weekend at Bookies on Thursdays at 11.40-ish. Hopefully, you listened to yesterday. And, uh, yeah, you would have been a big winner on the first one. The local bet that Aaron gave out was under four and a half runs. And he just managed to squeak by on that one with the number being zero for the first five innings of the Orioles-Mariners game. All right, number three. He says that if he was Baker Mayfield, he thinks he'd rather be in Seattle. I say, really? So I put it to you all. You're Baker Mayfield. Would you rather end up in Seattle where the division has been bananas for years or end up in Carolina where the division is pretty open except for that pesky Tom Brady thing that continues to exist.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I I can understand the Seahawks argument because you, you get to throw to D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. At least for now. Yeah, at least for now. Yep. At least for maybe training camp. Yep. Um, But, I I mean, like, Carolina's got good receivers too. I mean, they got mm-hmm. D.J. Moore mm-hmm. and Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson well, Robbie should An- be coming we, back. We if think he, Robbie Anderson. If Sam Donald's not there, then yeah. – I think uh, Robbie Anderson wants to stay. Terrace Marshall, young receiver, he should be really good. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I yeah, I think Carolina is probably the right answer because
0: overwhelmingly we're getting Carolina. I mean, yeah. like overwhelmingly we're getting Carolina, which I, I, I don't know how the answer is in Carolina. Now, th- I, I don't. I think we're being dismissive of how much of a burden Tom Brady is, and I think we're trying to pretend like it's definitely that he's just back only for one season and then things open up. And I think Tampa does own Carolina, so. there's no doubt well i think i don't i don't know enough to know if that's true or not um my point being tampa still does have a really good roster and if they find a quarterback after if tom brady leaves they have the ability to find a quarterback and still be really good they have a really well-rounded roster they're what they are specifically because of tom brady if they can find another quarterback they can still be really good because their roster on the whole is quite good they are. They have a lot at a lot of spots, even without Rob Gronkowski. Um, and we still don't know for sure that it's going to be without Rob Gronkowski. I mean, he's retired for now, but Lord knows how he might feel when we get to September and training camp's over, and he's like, ah, you know what, maybe what the hell, I'll go out and play some football games. Um, to me, it's it's almost overwhelming. Like, it's, it's yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: – and, and- I think Baker probably would want to go there too. I mean, he he's pro- he's obviously a competitor. He probably considers himself as this as soon as he gets to Carolina, he'd be the second best quarterback in that division. And and once Brady leaves, he would think that he'd probably be the best and capable of being the best. I think that's probably the best, uh, definitely the best spot for him. I mean, he if 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 he wants to win, that's where he should go.
0: Um, I again, it's not not necessarily his decision. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's other things involved. I mean, like there's. There's there's other things involved with this, but it's not his decision. Uh, Proctor points out that the water is going to be the terrible with the mayo. By the way, water and oil isn't going to combine unless you add a canal- a catalyst. So I'm just so you just downing mayonnaise. You're drinking lumpy mayo water. Uh, that's a good point. It's not going to spread through the water. You're essentially just going to get like a clump of mayonnaise within the water. I didn't well, do the what, science. What are juice and mayonnaise mix? I don't know. <laughs> I, that's the. It's a. It's a really good question. I don't know how it mixes with other beverages. I mean, at this point,
1: can I just take a packet and just.
0: And then drink the water? No, you have to combine it with combine. the you have to combine it with the liquid in order to do. What this. if I put?
1: What if I use it like instead of like milk in my cereal?
0: No, mayonnaise. God, what?
1: I'm trying to figure out it's the so best much way worse. to get this mayonnaise down.
0: Jesus Christ! Now you could put it in with the milk. Okay, I guess that would be an option. <laughs> you you have cereal. You put the milk in the cereal, and then you put the, the mayonnaise in with the milk in the cereal. I guess you could do that because that is the first beverage. I don't. That's and rude. the easiest way to do that would probably be pour the milk
1: first. Stir the and then add the cereal.
0: Um I'm trying to get some of these other responses in here. From Daryl. Daryl says uh, Glenn, I don't really care as long as he doesn't stay in Cleveland because weirdly I actually think he can still be competitive in Cleveland. But I think well, I'm not asking about you, Daryl. <laughs> I'm asking your Baker Mayfield. This came up on the show yesterday. Where would you want to be? Not where do you want Baker Mayfield to be? I think people are also struggling with that. I'm not asking, would you prefer? because who cares? Why would we care? Yeah, I mean, I, no, I don't think because didn't Russell Wilson have start having
1: issues with Pete Carroll and like that was also there i, I, I like it seems like Seattle's definitely not.
0: I don't think Seattle's I don't think Seattle's the bottle. The Look, I don't think Carolina Carolina's like, building like a new stadium, aren't they? Or they're building like a I think they want to, but yeah. I don't think that's it. They well they were bringing, building a new practice facility right, and then they just stopped. <laughs> In the middle of construction, they just stopped because uh, I think they went bankrupt or something. And the east coast is better. So
1: there's that
0: as well. Continue to get me responses for Would You Rather Wednesday again brought to you by Glory Days Grill at Glenn Clark Radio, Facebook.com slash Glen Clark Radio. Today's program, also brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour on Monday night. Stan and Luke did a nice baseball roundup show. Uh, they're going to be uh, talking to Ray Schulte about a huge event coming up on Wednesday night. Uh, Stan will continue doing his shows while we're on our summer break, so make sure you're checking them out, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video. When we come back in, we'll make our trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox this week. It's pitcher Zach Peak. He joins us next, Glenn Clark Radio help.org the biggest pro wrestling
4: stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing
0: out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man. appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it
4: and matt riddle yeah man. Thanks,
0: man the champ drew mcintyre oh thank you for having me the great ron simmons damn wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming
2: back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costa Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows that the Costa Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game. They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's
0: the Costas
2: Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard.
0: The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Ringe, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Klatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ori Ravens and Terps at
5: PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one.
0: Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. It's time for us to make our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. Our guest this week is pitching this season to a 1.05 whip. That'll do. A 2.68 ERA. That'll do, with 37 strikeouts in 43 innings over 10 starts. I like the sounds of all that. It's a pleasure for us to be joined by Zach Peake here on the program. Zach, it's Glenn and Griffin. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, I know we had some schedule issues last week. I apologize for that. Thanks for bearing with us. Um, yeah, Zach, you. T- I need to know. It's clear. You've got an affinity for Darth Vader. Why <laughs> why are you a man who's gone over to the dark side? Where did that come from?
6: Um so bringing it all the way back to like my freshman year of college, um I had a an older junior pitcher and he called himself Jedi Rafiki. Okay. And uh, so he was a Jedi, so obviously for every Jedi there has to be a, you know, a Sith counterpart. So uh <laughs> thus that lord peak was born uh so yeah that just kind of translated and you know darth vader is one of the sickest dudes ever on any movie screen or tv so just like you know it's just cool to have his persona. so, so like, you
0: em- you embrace your inner evil you channel channel your inner evil
6: i try to do my best yeah you know like i said darth vader kills everybody when
0: so, so, is there a way in which you attempt to take that to the mound with you like I'm here to kill every single one of these batters that steps into the box tonight it's...
6: for sure, just kind of bringing a fire to it and like a you know an inward stoicness and just kind of going after people i I think it just kind of lights a fire. It's fun for me
0: I love it. I love that I'm all in i i mean i'm'm I'm, uh, let's let's roll with it. You are forever going to be darth Vader when when you get here. We all, we bring lightsabers to the games. Like, I'm all for it, man. That I like the sounds of it. God, wouldn't that be cool? They did the, at Bowie last year, they did the gas can thing uh, when Grayson made his start because everybody was gassing each other up. What if we created that? What if we created a night where everybody brought their lightsaber to the ballpark for your first start? We're playing the Imperial and, March as, oh, as everybody takes the mound. oh. It's a ten, right? So All right, I gotta. I'm gonna have to start talking to some people here. Yeah, the next coordinate couple that. Days. Let's go, um, Zach. It's been a hell of a season, man. Uh, how good did you feel coming into it? And you know, not to say that you had a bad season a year ago, but the numbers are even better than you pitched to a year ago. Did something change? Were you doing something new, different, or is it just hey, with a little bit more experience, I'm getting more comfortable?
6: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I came into the season feeling really good, you know, feeling really confident. Uh, I developed a slider that kind of played with my arsenal really well. And um, I think now just kind of where I'm getting is just kind of reps and uh, staying with a rhythm, you know, and just kind of riding that and kind of understanding why I'm getting swings and misses or why I'm getting, you know, ground balls or whatever I need in that situation, like understanding how to get that rather than just kind of trying to throw pitches and beat bats, you know. Okay. there's something to be said for both, but I think you know you can you can uh, think your way through it at the same time
0: do you you know do you start to feel an amount of confidence like i I know you don't ever take anything for granted or turn into like cockiness or something like that but do you is there a point at which you start to feel like oh yeah i'm I'm good i'm i I'm going to be able to do this I'm going to move up I'm going to get to that level I'm gonna live out my dreams. And, and how much does it help to be pitching as well if you've been pitching this season in order to feel that way? Um,
6: that's a good question. Like, you know, I've never doubted that dream, and I've never doubted, sure. like, my potential and stuff. So, like, you know, it just kind of feels like the work that I put in led me to this. And So, like, now, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to ride that wave and just continue, like, the good start after, like, and just kind of ride that development and continue to just see my stuff grow and, like, try to be the best that I can be every single day, you know. Like, I'm super nitpicky on myself, so, like, even after a good outing, like, yes, I enjoy it, but I'm going to pick it apart by myself as sure. well, you know. Like, sure, sure. And, and just try to get better. Like I said, like, that's what it's about.
0: You, you know, you're not old by any stretch of imagination, but, you know, 24 at at double I— Do you start finding yourself itching, like, "Hey, let us go. It's time. I'm I'm ready. Let's 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 keep this train rolling."
6: For sure, you know. But uh, I I respect our development process and all that we got going on. So uh, (laughs) hopefully they uh, hopefully they know when it's time.
0: I hope that's the case. He's Zach Pig. He's with us here on GCR. The Bay Sox are home this week. It's Wolf Wednesday at the ballpark tonight. You can bring your dog with you to the game. Um, coming up this weekend, of course, it's a holiday weekend. It's a great time to get to the ballpark. Kids run the bases. Um, that event's going on on Friday, Saturday, and then all fans can run the bases on Sunday. Plus, huge fireworks show on Sunday night for the holiday. Get your tickets right now by going to BaySox.com. Um, Zach, you guys uh, had some reinforcements show up this week. Um, how much? How much excitement comes? with when you, you see an announcement like that. I, I know, you know, you're worried about your own spot and moving up in the system, but this is the team you're on. This is the place that you're at. When you see other guys that are really well thought of, like Colton and that crew, get the call up, what does it do for an entire team?
6: Um, you know, obviously it fires us up. It gives us a little bit more firepower, um, obviously. Uh, and then You know, we just know we got dudes behind us. Um, We've had dudes behind us all year, but you know, just bring a couple extra. You know, we uh, <laughs> we kind of had to scrape it together there. We had some infielders playing outfield and stuff, but uh, you know, like I said, it just brings us some firepower. So we're excited to kind of go out, go out and get after some people.
0: Do you do you guys feel the excitement throughout the organization of what's going on right now? Like you know, the, the as well as the major league team is playing, still knowing there are opportunities ahead, particularly for pitchers. How much does that sort of share throughout the organization at the moment, that excitement?
6: We can feel it. Um, everybody's just, like, super pumped. I think it's a really good culture that we've got right now. Um, and, you know, like, it's a really good feeling to see that the development that we worked and heard about for the past couple of years, like, it's happening in front of our eyes. So it wasn't, like, smoke and mirrors. It wasn't, Nobody was blowing smoke. You right. know, It was all, it, it's coming to pass. So, you know we'll see in the next couple of years as you know players continue to develop i think we're going to be a damn good organization
0: I mean, does it start to give you a feeling of like dude i could really be pitching like meaningful baseball games for a contending team in the major leagues in the next couple of years
6: 100 percent. it's just exciting you know and, and, and that's uh, like we know that's everybody's goal
0: so you know why
6: would you want to be anywhere else when you have this opportunity here right
0: now? No doubt, man. He is Zach Peak. He's with us here on Glen Clark Radio. Um, Zach, let, let, I, mean, I want to know more about you. So you when you arrived in the Orioles organization, I imagine it's got to be like a culture shock at a young age to go through, uh, you know, something like that where you're, you're already into your next organization. What's it been like for you sort of getting your feet wet here, being on the East Coast? Like, have you become a, a seafood guy? Like, what, what's, the, what's it been like just settling in over these last couple of years in the Oriole system? See,
6: I, 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 mean, I really like the to, It's closer Coast. to
0: home, too, though, right?
6: It's... For sure, yeah. It's only four hours. So yeah. uh, it's really nice to have the girlfriend the family come up whenever, um, you know. And, and I've been everywhere on the East Coast, so this is kind of where I feel at home. So, you know, once the original shock was gone, it, it's just kind of nice. I like being over here. And no, I'm not a seafood guy. What, what the though, hell? <laughs> what the I hell do barely. we have to do about that?
0: Okay, so I know, man. When you say you've been everywhere on the coast, like I, I know you, you were in Carolina. Did you grow up in Carolina?
6: Um, I went to school in South Carolina, um, and I spent pretty much all of my life in Virginia and Tennessee.
0: Okay, all right, so okay, more like Appalachia. Um, for sure, the right there around the Blue Ridge. Okay, so were you, um. <clears throat> Did you happen to like drink any moonshine at a particularly young age? Like, did you have anybody in your family who was like, "Hey, boy, uh, uh, come come and drink some of this. I'm gonna get some hair on your chest." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, okay.
6: uh, not not too young, obviously to the <laughs> legal age, but uh, yeah, you know, it just uh, out in those out in those country woods on those back roads, you say it always goes.
0: You say oh, that somewhere. we we had Gunner on yesterday. You know today's his twenty first birthday, and he was trying to sell me that he has not tasted a drop of alcohol in his life up until this moment, <laughs> and I can't quite figure out if I believe him or not. Like you know, I wouldn't put it past him. That's the that, isn't that the interesting thing about him, right? Like he's so even keel that when he says something like that, there's a part of you that's like, you know what,
5: he Maybe might not he be right.
0: He, he might not be BSing me. It's totally <laughs> possible that that's just the way that the dude has lived his life at that point. I'm telling you. Um, I want to talk about your hair. I want to talk yes. about, like, we've seen various looks from you. And part of it sometimes is that because you've got a cap on, I don't know what it is that you got going on. Do you still <laughs> have the luscious flow rocking at this point?
6: Currently, yes. It's just a lot of natural curls. Okay. A, it it hides under the hat, but when I take it off, I take my hat off um, always when I'm coming off the field after a clean inning. Always take my hat off. Just something let I it, do. Something I've done since college. Um, and yeah, just let the curls go.
0: I love this. I have. It, has it always been that way for you? Have you always had the curls? <laughs> By, uh, by the way, Carlton. are you at an amusement park currently? Wait. Dude, I'm so sorry. It's I'm out co- running no, no, no. errands with no, my No, I'm, I'm dying to know what's going on. What I'm trying it's, just, to...
6: it's just some beautiful kids screaming. Oh, at the other that's side of adorable. The
0: park. That's fine. It's totally but, uh, Trust me, it's totally fine. I just wanted to get the answer. On it. <laughs> I felt so bad. I tried to move as far away Oh, as dude, I could. you're good.
6: You're, you're totally good. But, uh... Yeah, my hair was straight as could be until I was a sophomore in college, and then all of a sudden it was curly.
0: Now, did you try to fight it at all at first, or did you? Yes. Uh, okay, explain. It started as like waves. And take I was me through like, the ah, process. I wish my hair was straight. What did What did you do to attempt to fight it, and and when and why did you just give in? Once my hair got like
6: past my eyebrows, there was no control in the curls, <laughs>
0: so. You're just, i mean you're it just, was it was go time after that my sidekick griffin knows a thing or two about this like you know he kind of got a similar look going on here like th- was it always love a, it. with the uh
1: just the curly yeah poof, poofy yeah. Hair. Yeah. yeah right yeah pretty much i never this is kind of long for me this is okay because i All just right. i just hate dealing with you, it are you
0: committed to this now zach moving forward like is th- this is who i am this is a part of my identity
6: I'll for sure cut my hair at some point. But, yeah, for the next little bit, I'm going to rock these curls. It's starting to peek out of the back of the hat a little bit.
0: <laughs> we'll see where it goes. <laughs> are, you, are you at all concerned that it's like a Samson situation? Like, this is where you get your strength now is from <laughs> the curls. No, because
6: last year in low A, I shaved my head in Lynchburg when it was really hot. and. <laughs> Still pitch the same. So okay. Like All right. To-
0: so you realize it has absolutely zero impact whatsoever. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say I could uh, shave my head. Uh, yeah, that is that you pitch. All right. What else do we need to know about you, man? I think this is the first time you've been on with us over the years. So what? What? What else do we need to know about Zach Peak, the dude? Like you get a you get a day to yourself. You guys don't have a game. What's life look like? What are your priorities?
6: Um, I'm probably waking up, eating something good, some fruit, something like that, man. and then. I'm turning on the Xbox pretty much immediately. What are you you playing? I am playing nothing but Halo right now. Okay. Halo Infinite and, like, Rocket League, that's pretty much it.
0: Longest consecutive hours that you've found yourself playing Halo, that you were like, holy crap, I can't believe it, I've been doing this for blank number of hours.
6: That's an obscene question because, if I'm being honest, I started one day this offseason, I played from... Ten o'clock. We had a tournament, and I played until nine thirty. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was a
6: good day.
0: I mean, I that one you kind of you were prepared for that if it was a tournament, right? Like you knew <laughs> what you were getting yeah.
6: into. Like, I was ready that day. How does
0: um, how did your girlfriend handle that day? <laughs>
6: oh, she was totally thrilled, and super <laughs> happy.
0: <laughs> She's Obviously, like, Hon, I just need you to know I support you in all of your goals. <laughs> Baseball, Halo, all of it It's all very important to me um, and we do a we do a game on we do a uh, we it's called Would You Rather Wednesday. It's very clever. Um, we just came up with it. It's where we present one scenario or another scenario. You got to choose one. We're we're very forward thinkers um, in this business, Zach. So uh, I'm going to have you play along with one. Would You Rather Wednesday? You owe an obscene fine over something, a library book, whatever it is, and a judge has allowed you to get out of it, but you have to do one of the two following things in order to get out of it. You can either go the Joey Chestnut route, and between now and Monday night, when you go to bed, you have to eat 76 hot dogs and buns. <laughs> or or you can pay it off. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Will Levis. He's the quarterback at Kentucky. He puts mayonnaise in his coffee every morning. So you oh. would, for the rest of the summer... Every morning, whether it's coffee or whatever the first beverage that you consume in the morning is, you have to squirt a packet of mayonnaise into said beverage. Which would you rather in order to pay off this fine and avoid having to go to jail?
6: I'm taking the hot dog.
0: Dude, I hear, dog. I hear you saying it, but are you thinking about what the... It's 12 and a half hot dogs a day between now are you and Monday night. About,
6: are you thinking about mayonnaise you Dude, it's disgusting.
0: I agree. It's disgusting, but I think I'm physically capable of doing it. I don't know that I'm physically capable of eating 12-and-a-half hot dogs every day for the next week. Oh, I'm capable. (laughs) That's the Darth Vader coming out, by the way. Oh, I'm capable. Exactly right. That's great stuff, man. Um, Zachary.Peak on Instagram, right, is how people can follow you? That is correct, yeah. And on Twitter, it's Zachary underscore Peak.
6: Yes, I think that's great.
0: Hey, yep. Zach, really enjoyed this. this is a lot of fun this morning, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Continued incredible success to you. Look forward to doing this more often as you keep moving towards Baltimore, all right?
6: It's... Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having
0: me. I, I really did enjoy it. That was fun, dude. Thank you. Zach Peak, the Bowie Bay Sox. Uh, get out and see them this week. As uh, we just mentioned, they got reinforcements that showed up in uh, Colton Cowser and Kobe Mayo and Connor Norby and an exciting time for the Bowie Bay Sox here in the coming weeks for you to get out and see some of the top prospects that have arrived within that syst- in the system. Great stuff. Again, um, hmm, I don't know what just happened there. I had a little bit of a, ooh, a little thing going on there. Uh, thanks to Zach peak for taking the time for us this morning. All right, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, let's talk some more Orioles. Ben Verlander, Fox Sports. Yeah, he's, he's somebody's brother, but he's also an analyst himself. We'll talk to him about what he thinks the Orioles should do based on how the next couple of weeks go. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibility gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org.
3: Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton square off in the Charm City match, July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com.
4: That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night.
0: Come in for glory burgers, glory wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a
5: location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle. To young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com pressbox Sports, or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. So join us live on the bat every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants, like me. Right now, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Um, I appreciated uh, Jerry Coleman having me on the fan last night with Rita and... Uh, I got to talk about Serena Williams there, so I haven't talked about it much today. It's a bummer. You know, everybody knows what an obsessed tennis fan I am and what an obsessed Serena Williams fan I am. It's a bummer. But as I said last night, she's 40 years old. And it's absurd for, for her to even be playing and competitive. I think, if anything, the fact that she was playing her first singles match in a year would be a sign that if she wants to play some tennis this summer... That maybe she could be fun to watch in New York, maybe. But I think because we forget, like Serena Williams is Serena Williams, we so we lose all context. We just assume that the greatest athletes of all time can all be superhuman. Forty years old, had not played a match in a year, played a three-hour match, and I get it. I I know tennis. Harmony Tan is not somebody she should have lost to, even a forty-year-old Serena Williams but it's the circumstances. We're being unreasonable. Serena Williams has nothing to prove. I know she still wants to win another major because she wants to win one post becoming a mother, and she wants to match Margaret Court's number, but Margaret Court's record is not real. It's make-believe. It predates the Open era. It's when they hand the players that would play in those championships. It has nothing to do with who the best player in the world was. She has the record that actually matters with 23 slams. She's the greatest tennis player of all time. She's the greatest female athlete of all time. Stop. There's nothing else for Serena Williams to prove. Let's talk baseball. Uh, Joining us now, this man has carved out a huge presence for himself on social media. He's an analyst with Fox Sports. I really enjoy getting baseball thoughts and perspective from Ben Verlander, who's with us now here on GCR. Ben, it's Glenn and Griffin in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Of course, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. We we're, we're in this weird place in Baltimore right now, Ben. We're like the Orioles are so much better than we thought they were going to be this season. They're not yet like in a place where you think there's any world in which they can really compete for something. But there's also this sort of weird thing where, like, you know, they got decisions they got to make at the deadline. And if they were to, like, win 10 of their next 15 games, which, given how they played, isn't insane to think could be possible, I, I don't know what you'd do then. Like, wh- how do you react to what it is that we're seeing from the Baltimore Orioles this season?
7: I think you react in um, tempered excitement. I-, I think this is exciting. Whenever you have a team that. You know, this sort of like for for years, it's felt like uh, the the future is close for the Orioles. It's not far. Um, just keep that in mind. Uh, and, and then this year, it's not the year you expect it to be there. It's not the year that you expect them to be good. But they have gone above and beyond and been, you know, a pretty good ball team. It's fun to watch team. Um, so you have that this year. So I, I think it's a good thing. So I think you have to plan accordingly when it when it comes time to when it comes time to get to the trade deadline when you have to make decisions. This is a good thing. It's fun to watch. It's kind of like a reassurance that yeah, we are on the right track. But it's also important not to get caught up in it. I mean, it, it it's not gonna be the, the Orioles aren't gonna make the playoffs this year, which is okay to say. But right. you look at the AL East which they are in, there's legitimately four playoff teams possibly. Like they could have four playoff teams in the Orioles division, which is wild. So let's say they rattle off 10 of 15. It's just more assurance, hey, we're on the right track. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep making the moves that you are going to move. Don't become buyers at the trade right. line and get rid of, and get rid of prospects that, that you know are going to matter. Because, you know, it, it. they're on the right track. And then you look at guys that are in the minor leagues and it's like, Okay, the Orioles have called up a guy that we're excited about. This is great. Now we're playing good. And, oh, wait, there's still guys in the minor leagues going off. Gunnar Henderson hit for the cycle yesterday. I mean, how how cool is that? So the future is close. Just don't ruin it by, you know, going all in just a little too early, which is where I think we
0: are. They're close. But don't go all in just yet. He hit for the cycle, and today is his 21st birthday. He hit for the <laughs> cycle at AAA, and he turns 21 today. There is legit reason to be very excited about that young man. Um, ben, I hear everything you're saying, and I think for the most part I, I you know, I, I completely agree. I, I guess the question becomes, do we start buying into the idea that they're ready to be competitive? Like, like, I'm going to paint this picture. A year from now, they get Grayson Rodriguez back. They get John Means back. You obviously know quite well what happened in Houston, right? When they said, "Hey, we've got something here. Maybe let's add to it. Let's go get more pitching from the outside." I know the Yankees are a machine or something like nothing we've ever seen before. But is it possible that we're a year away, particularly with us getting back to sort of un you know balanced schedules and not having to play this monstrous division every game, like? That we say they they are that close that, that they could be competitive for something real in 2023
7: yeah so let's two teams for me come to mind and, and we have to take teams like the Yankees out of this because they will always be the outlier um, they don't have to draft correctly to be a good team they will just go out and get the players they want to eventually so you have to take them out of this I, I look at the Detroit Tigers and what they did for so long you know and this is a a, a while back now but they were one of the worst baseball teams of all time and then over a couple of years drafted correctly had guys like my brother coming up through the system and a year after they lost a ridiculous amount of games well over a hundred games they went out they said to Justin, hey, you're going to be on the team this year. They went out and got Pudge Rodriguez and a couple of other big free agents. And that next year, yeah. they were good. It worked out okay. They, yeah. they ended up in the World Series that yeah. year. So the process, as long as you have the blueprint ready, the process can go fast. And the blueprint appears to be ready for the Orioles. And, and you mentioned the Astros. It's similar there. For a long, long time, they were one of the worst team in, teams in baseball. So constantly, you're building up these first-round picks that are at the top of the draft, first overall, second overall. You have a bunch of those picks coming, and then all of a sudden, you just can sense it coming, and then next thing you know, you sign some free agents, and, and look, they're they're a great baseball team, and they can be for years. So yes, the rebuild that the Orioles have gone through and are still going through is frustrating. But this just feels like one of those rebuilds like it was for the Houston Astros that okay, this is a long rebuild, but when it happens, when we get there, we're gonna be
0: there for a long time. So I think that's some some cause for excitement for Orioles fans. Uh, Ben, how good is Austin Hayes? Like is he a guy that's that's having a three month heater and is playing the best best baseball of his life, or is he really a guy that you should start thinking about trying to give an extension to and viewing as a central figure in what this franchise looks like for the next five to seven years.
7: Yeah. I think you want to see it over the course of a full season, but look, he hit 22 homers last year and, you know, hit around hit 250. I mean, that's, that's a pretty dang good year. And, and even in this year, I mean, the sky's the limit. He's been way, way better than he was last year. I mean, he's on pace for more homers. He's hitting close to 300. It's been remarkable what he is doing this year. So, uh, I, I would like to before you start talking extension and, and paying him like this sort of player, you just wanna see it over the course of a full season. But, you know, if you if you date it back to last year, he's been on that pace. He's done it for a full season. You know, it's hit, you know, thirty, forty home runs over the course of a full season to this point. If you date back to last year, he's hitting close to, to three hundred now. I mean, it's getting to the point where you, you okay. Yeah, yeah this we have is all this these is guys. real, right. We, Right, we didn't plan
0: on building around Austin Hayes, but maybe we do. <laughs> right, <laughs> the right. I mean, it's, it, look, man, I don't know, and I, I'm probably with you where I'd be like, yeah, let's let's talk about it after the season's over. Like, let's just make sure that that something doesn't go south. But I, the other part that's weird here, Ben, is that I think this fan base is looking for the next sign of okay, now show me you're committed to contention for some time like you've done you've done a lot of good of good things we are we're all excited about Adley Rutschman who clearly has moved past the first couple weeks where he's struggling at the plate and you can tell this dude is special we're all excited about that there's a lot of good things here now now announce to me that you're committed, sign somebody, say, hey, believe in this, let us go buy a jersey, let us know that this is real and this is going to be a thing for some time and we can we can believe in it. And I think there's insane value for a franchise doing that for a fan base that frankly has been through an awful lot over the course of the last five years.
7: Yeah, there, there's really, that seems to kind of be the blueprint for all of this. You draft well, you have your prospects come up, they start to come up. You see that they you have the potential to be really good, and it almost seems what kickstarts everything. What kickstarts the future is signing a big free agent. Uh, okay, we have all these guys up. We're going to start the year with Adley, and and you know Grayson Rodriguez yep. will be back. John Means will be back. Cedric Mullins here. Okay, great. That's you know, but then you sign that big free agent, and it's like okay, let's go. And and look, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to speculate. I don't know if this was true, but there was the the rumor out there briefly that Carlos Correa had a huge mm-hmm. offer from the Orioles. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the sort of thing. Now, obviously, whether that's true or not, that doesn't matter. That's the that's the sort of move that tells the fan base, "All right, we're doing this. Let's go now. Now is our time to win." So yeah, if, I really if, like if he what they're doing.
0: If he were to opt out this year, which I think we're all assuming, right, that he's going to opt out. Yeah, like and and they revisited and all of a sudden they say, yeah, it's not the end of the world if we got to give him a deal with an opt-out because we want to go try to win now. That's what we're doing. Like, a year ago, this past offseason, it made no sense. You're like, no, the Orioles aren't going to sign Carlos Correa. Yeah, if he's just going to try to opt out. But all of a sudden, if you're like, hey, it's really more like a three-year deal before he could opt out again, you're like, okay. Like, let's go. Give me three years and see what we can do with Carlos Correa. <laughs> Absolutely. And
7: that's the kind of move that it takes. And, and, look, it was the move for the Tigers. It was a move like a Hall of Famer, Pudge Rodriguez, to yep. get him over the hump. For the Astros, it was in 2017. Oh, man, we just traded for Justin Verlander at the trade deadline. Let's go. Yep. End up in the World Series. And, and you look around, and it's like all of these teams, Take out the New York Yankees. Take out the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. All of these teams that we see winning make a big move at some point that says, okay, we built our core. Our core is here. Let's add to that and win baseball games.
0: So just another couple minutes with Ben Verlander from Fox Sports here on Glenn Clark Radio. Ben, it, I agree with you. It's not going to be the Orioles in the playoffs, and that's a it's a bummer. But I, 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 it's just it's so impractical to think that the team with no starting pitching basically. I mean, Tyler Wells has been good. Dean Kramer has been unbelievable for three starts. Um, but it's just there's no way to think that's the pos- a, a thing that can happen. We're gonna be massive Buck Showalter fans by the time we get to the postseason. <laughs> what is the possibility that he that they can do this that? He really can show up in New York and do the one thing he's never been able to do in his career, and that, frankly, would make him a Hall of Famer if it were to happen. Like his resume would be complete if he could just win a damn World Series. Can Can the Mets do that? Uh, the Mets, the Mets can do this.
7: Uh, and, and you look around the National League, and you know, I I don't. See a team in the National League that is extremely like you look in the American League. You kind of point to the Yankees and the Astros. Yes. those are like it's pretty obvious. And the National League, yeah, the Dodgers are good, the Braves are good, the the Padres are good, but there's nobody that's like, oh, you're not going to be able to beat them. So, and besides, maybe the Mets. So the Mets have done what they're doing without Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer. So. The key to winning in the playoffs and beating those big juggernaut teams. So let's say you have Mets, Dodgers, and the NLCS. The key to beating them is just being able to shut down their lineup. Um, and, and the Dodgers certainly have issues this year on the pitching side of things. With Daniel Hudson going out for the year. Um, Craig Kimbrell on the back end of the bullpen, I think, is anything but a for sure save. Um, and then in the rotation, Walker Bueller's out for a while. Um, so they have, they're not without their issues. So you run into a team like the Mets that are a complete team, and then you throw at them Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer in the first two games that are completely capable of shutting down that lineup. I mean, then you start, then you start worrying. Right? Um, they're a really good team, and I think it's really cool and really impressive what they've been able to do over the course of the last month or so without either of them. And, and Jacob DeGrom hasn't pitched all year. I think that speaks volumes to the team they have, to the team that Steve Cohen built, and to Buck Alter as a manager. I think that's like,
0: the, I, Ben. This is the thing: is that I think it's easy for people to say managers are largely as good as the players that are around them, right? And I think we all know that for the most part that's true. But how do you not? And I think we're impacted because we saw it here in Baltimore. Like that dude showed up, and winning arrived 20 seconds behind him. Like here's Buck, now here's Winning coming as well. How do you not look at that and see the interactions he has with those players and see the relationships and how easygoing he and like just say there's something about this guy that just does something to a baseball team.
7: Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of managers out there that do that. So, look, I I'm not on the the side of the manager gets all the credit in the world in Major League Baseball, but there are a few that I do think deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, and two come to mind: one being Buck Showalter, and one being Bob Melvin, who oh, for years, no doubt. In, my God, in Oakland, right? Yeah, I mean, in, in Oakland they had a team that had no business winning, and they did it every year. Yep. And now he goes to San Diego and takes over a very talented team. And oh wait, you're going to start the year without Fernando Tatis, and Manny Machado is going to get hurt. And look what they're doing in the NL West. And yep. I think the manager has a big part in that. And and we see it with the Mets. The Mets have been netting for for a decade now. And you bring in a guy like Buck Walter who um, has clearly made a massive difference there. And and I think they are certainly capable of being the NL representative in the World Series.
0: By, by the way, I, I happened to cover the Diamondbacks in 2007 when they made their run to the, to the NLCS. That's and awesome. Like, dude, I th- Bob Melvin is a guy that I would go to war for any day of the week, man. <laughs> like, that guy is special. Um, it's hard for me. And, and, I, and I'm so glad you brought him up because he absolutely fits this category. And, you know, the what, what we got to know a Buck here in Baltimore over the years, it's a great comparison to a guy that absolutely makes a difference. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Hey Ben, what can I plug for you, man? I mean, like everybody follows you on Twitter already. You're the most followed human being on the face of the planet. It feels like anymore. <laughs> uh, I know you got your show that you do. What all? Pl- what all can I plug for you? Yeah, just my
7: my show with Fox. It's Flipping Bats with Ben Verlander. Um, we're off and running. We're uh, right around the hundred episode mark now, and uh, yeah, I had Corbin Burns on today actually. So yeah, Flipping Bats with Ben Verlander. It's
0: five times a week now. So. Things are off and rolling. That's awesome, man. At Ben Verlander on Twitter is how you follow him. Ben, uh, really enjoyed this, dude. Would love to do this again down the road. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Of course,
7: sounds good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Ben Verlander from Fox Sports with us here on GCR. I, like, I'm not. This is the only awkward part about like how how much better the Orioles have been is that it hasn't allowed me to transition to becoming the guy that's rooting for. And it's also the what happens if it's like the Padres and the Mets and the NLCS.
1: Like, what do we do? I think we have got to root for Ryan Flaherty and the Padres.
0: <laughs> that's because of Flaherty. That's yes, the guy. Yes. Um, I would be t- I would be torn, yeah. but I think I. The funny I think thing I, is, I, I, I think have, I'd find myself rooting for the Padres. I've committed myself for the last couple of years to being a Padres fan mm-hmm. because the Orioles were bad and the Padres was Manny and Flaherty and um, mm-hmm. Wayne Kirby was there and there was somebody else that was there too and I was just like, God, I'm that's who I what I am. I'm I'm a Padres fan. Um. I don't remember. It's going to drive me nuts. Yeah. I mean, there's Somebody else was there. And it's not somebody that I was as connected to, but it was just one other person that I put I mean, on the Tatis list. is so fun to watch. Oh, like. he's incredibly fun to watch. They're a fun team. So it's going to be hard for me to drop that, but it would be more significant now for Buck to win a World mm-hmm. Series. Mm-hmm. Right now, Buck winning a World Series equals Hall of Fame. Look at the guys. Look at the, the managers that have gone in. Yeah, 100%. Bobby oh. Cox only won one, but he had to win one. Like, he had to get one, and as soon as he got one, not as soon as, because it was years later, but it made him a candidate to be a Hall of Famer. Buck Showalter, with one World Series, given all of the games that he's won, given all the organizations that he turned around, with just one effing World Series, is a Hall of Famer. I, I think that I would find myself saying, I gotta root for the Mets at that point, because it would just be too meaningful in compar- I I love Manny. I'll always love Manny. He was... The most talented player of Roberto Alomar comes close. It's it's tough for me because Roberto Alomar really was the most talented player that I got to see play for the Orioles. Yeah, well, and, for and, me,
1: Manny was. Well, yeah, I mean, you, so. you you
0: you were not alive when <laughs> Roberto Alomar was playing. And look, everybody else is gonna laugh and be like, "Dude, Eddie Murray." Well, okay, like I was so young when in the first run of Eddie Murray that I don't I don't have any context for that. And like by the time he came back he wasn't that guy anymore. He was a guy at the tail end of his career. So, And look, I know Cal Ripken. This is, Cal Ripken was my favorite baseball player. And I think he really was far more talented than he gets credit for. A lot of people try to dismiss Cal Ripken as just a guy who showed up and played every day. And that's not the entirety of Cal Ripken's story. He's an unbelievable talent. But these two dudes, Roberto Alomar and Manny Machado, were even more extraordinarily talented. So I'll always have that incredible place in my heart for manny machado but this ain't gonna be the difference in him making the hall of fame or not it will be for buck showalter so like in that scenario i'm gonna be a buck guy but i haven't even like spent time with the mets at all this season because i've been busy watching the orioles which i didn't expect to be Mm -hmm. doing this deep into the year good problem to have great problem to have tremendous problem to have Appreciate uh, Ben Verlander taking the time for us here on GCR. If you have not picked up the print issue of PressBox yet, encourage you to go do that today. It is our Salute to Coaches issue. Celebrating on the cover 15 years of John Harbaugh as the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, which is still quite a rarity in the NFL. Uh, Remarkable achievement. Also inside, we recognize other coaches from the area who either have recently surpassed milestones or who are approaching significant milestones like Navy football coach, Kenny Amanololo, 15 years for him as well. Also Maryland soccer coach, Sasho Sarovsky, field hockey coach, Missy Maharg, UMBC soccer coach, Pete Karingi, poly basketball coach, Kendall Peace, Mount St. Joe basketball coach, Pat Clatchy, and then a couple of recently retired coaches, Calvert Hall baseball's Lou Eckrell, and Johns Hopkins lacrosse's Janine Tucker. And it's the, the athletes, it's the players who are most impacted, who are the ones telling the stories of these coaches. So, Encourage you right now to get to your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, you can read it all. pressboxonline.com, our salute to coaches issue, which is available right now. I guess we can go ahead and get a tidbit. I don't know if there was any was there anything else we needed to cover today that we I didn't cover? I don't really
1: think so. I mean there not am I, I mean, missing anything? Orioles are Orioles are big right now. That's, that's,
0: that's what, all we got that's what to what worry we're excited about. about. Yeah. Nice of them to score a run last night, but so it is all right tidbit Uh, get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse game of the year the 17th annual all america lacrosse boys and girls senior game will be saturday july 30th at johns hopkins historic homewood field this is your chance to see future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the world go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets
1: now all right, so the Orioles outfield defense has been quite impressive all season, particularly the uh, last couple of weeks, and even last night, Mullins made a diving catch. Uh, Hayes, you know, effortlessly throw threw out throughout uh, Abraham Toro at second base, and uh, we know Santander has a fantastic arm. That's what makes him. That's like probably his most valuable trade asset right now. Um, so if Santander doesn't get dealt. Do you think the Orioles could be the first team with three Gold Glove outfielders? Hmm, be surprised by that, but I think they're gonna have at least one. Yeah, so probably not. Pro- they won't get all three. Uh, no team's ever done that, uh, Do you, f- which I thought was
0: kind of surprising. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah. it's not real. Okay. It's it's surprising just because baseball's existed for a long time. Mm. The Gold Gloves existed for a long time. Like, wouldn't there be some weird year where something like that happened? But it's not like the fans. This isn't like where the fans can stack the ballot like they did for the Royals that one right. year at the All-Star game. Like, they have kind of a panel that makes these decisions, and they they wouldn't want that. They, they would kind of make sure that that wasn't the case so it's not all that it's also just extraordinarily unlikely to like even even if there was truly some sort of metric that said um this is definitively the best player at each position that we could just go with it's just so wildly unlikely for a team to have all three of them yeah so it has
1: never happened uh, but there have been 20 teams to have two gold glove two gold glovers in the same outfield um, and so, ideally, I would like you to name all, like, every duo. So, no so it would be 40 players. Zippy chance. Yeah. And, in fact, like, well, so that would be very hard. Without, you, t- I, without actually, you telling. Go, go ahead. Go I ahead. mean, I feel like you could actually probably get at least one half of most of them. Um, but I'm going to ask you for the most recent, uh, let's do the most recent seven to do it. So since, it'd be since 2007, there have been seven teams that have had two outfielders from the same
0: outfield. Um, all right. So this is the way this is going to go. I'm going to guess a team. And then you're going to tell me yes or no on the team, and then if it's yes, I'll try okay. to figure out who the players okay. were. The
1: Yankees. Yankees have not had one. No, not in the Red Sox.
0: Actually, not ever the
1: Yankees. What? Uh, Red Sox not. Yes, Red Sox once in, in the past since, 13, since 15 years. Yeah, past 15 years.
0: Um, Did it involve... God, i got to go all the way back to 2007. Well, it's probably not Manny Ramirez, no, if I had to guess. It was not. Um...
1: Should I just give you the? I mean, no, I can't give you the year.
0: Uh, I I don't want to be here for because we got to do a video, and I got another thing. I it was recent. It was recent. It was recent. So Mookie Betts, yes,
1: Mookie Betts was one half,
0: and Jackie Bradley, correct,
1: twenty eighteen World Series winning Red Sox had a Gold Glove duo in the outfield. Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, the Astros. Astros have not. The Cubs. Cubs have not.
0: The ever. Wow. Yeah. The. See, this requires remember who won gold gloves, and that's very difficult to do. I want to give you a no, hint that might stop. help. To settle down. The Giants. Higa- giants, not, not in the past, not in the past 15 the years. Do- Barry, the l-
1: Barry Bonds did do it a lot. Right. So did Andy Vince-like in the 90s.
0: Los Doyers. And
1: Willie Mays and Jackie Brandt. First, huh, first duo that? to ever do it. Uh, the Dodgers,
0: yes, once in the past 15 years. Past 15 years. Um, did it involve. Did it involve. Years, such a long time, man. Did it involve Matt Kemp? It did, yes.
1: Matt Kemp, Andre Ethier. Correct. <laughs> Twenty eleven. Matt Kemp and Andre Ethier. Yikes. Won the Gold Glove for the Dodgers. I really don't know how I got that. If I'm being completely <laughs> that honest was- with you. Good Genu- pool.
0: Genuinely, don't know how I got that.
1: The Cardinals. Cardinals. No, they did have five Gold Glovers last year, but none of them. Not not a duo in the outfield. The, the Royals. Yes,
0: Royals. Did it involve Lorenzo Cain? No, it did not. This is is actually much more recent. Much more recent. Yeah. It involved Whit Merrifield. No, he's not. No, uh, he can't play the outfield. But yeah. Um, much known more for his recent infield play. Alberto Mondesi. No, I don't know. I genuinely don't. Know. It was last year. How am I supposed to remember yeah. anything about but the? How do you, how can you name any of the Royals outfielders from last Jesus year? Jesus Christ,
1: Solaire? No, not Solaire. Uh, Adam Duvall did win one last year, which I thought was surprising. That is surprising. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God, you're asking me to it remember was, who won the? Hey, wait, 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 wait! Okay. Don't. Okay. I mean, I like I should be able to at least name players that played for the Royals. It, I can't believe
1: I, I can't believe I these guys. I'm so surprised.
0: <laughs> uh the Royals. The Royals.
1: The 2021 Royals.
0: <laughs> Who remembers anything about the 2021 <laughs> Royals? This is insane. The 2021 Royals. Known for their defense, apparently. Michael
1: Taylor. Yes, Michael A. Taylor. Gold glove center fielder last year in the American League. And
0: and <sighs> I god, I do not know. Andrew Benetendi. Oh, I forgot For Andrew a Gold Glove
1: left. Uh, yeah, left field, I think. Okay. We could have been here. All right, we got to we got to speed this All up. Right, so you have 3 to right, 7. On. Um The Braves have two separate duos. Oh, okay.
0: Uh Andrew Jones one of them? Yes. And uh, that was 2007. And uh, Oh god. <laughs> Andrew Jones and littering and littering and a guy that played for the Royals at just one just point. Settle down. Okay, just S- uh, settle down. Jermaine Die? No. He threw me off with the Royals, Sorry. stupid Sorry.
1: Royals. Thing. I think he, I think he ended his career there. I want to say.
0: Um. Very strong arm, known for his arm. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Settle down. Settle down. Oh, Frenchie. Yeah. All right. Jeff Francoeur. And then there was another one. Yeah, another Braves uh, duo the Braves duo uh,
1: Jason Hayward no not Jason Hayward
0: Jason Hayward this was a Brave right yes, I'm not, he, yes yeah. he was
1: at one point he started at the Cubs and then or maybe he started with the Braves and then went to the with Cubs, the
0: Cubs or something. something like that yeah
1: but he was yes he was an Atlanta Brave but not All right we got to speed okay. this up all right uh Nick Markakis oh, in damn 2018 okay. and then Ender Inciarte.
0: All right we're going to you're going to And decide. then the we're Orioles had uh, a duo. Oh wait, they did? Yeah. I don't remember this. Uh Did it also involve Nick Markakis?
1: Yes it did. Then I
0: guess Adam Jones. Yeah,
1: Adam Jones and Nick Markakis I don't in remember 2014. That. I Both want to go remember, glove. I don't remember that. And then in 2010, Ichiro and Franklin Gutierrez with the yeah, Mariners. I might
0: have gotten Ichiro. There's no world in which yeah. I was getting Franklin Ichiro Gutierrez. Ichiro and May, uh,
1: Mike Cameron did it twice in the early 2000s. Uh, how about too. that?
0: Yeah. All right. Very good. That was a good tidbit. It just was very difficult. Very, very I wanted difficult. it to be difficult. It was a, it was a good tidbit. Good though. job. Tubular brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, 61 self-service kiosks, and they're open 24-7. So if you're like me and you're betting you some Wimbledon, no problem. You can go in even before the sportsbook opens. Get your bets in on the 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, UFC 276 on Saturday night. You're going to want to be there. Reserve your spot right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise, actually this afternoon. Orioles Mariners at four, Austin Voth and Chris Flexen. <clears throat> I don't know anything about it. Four o'clock, Masson two. One o'clock for Pirates Nationals on Masson. MLB Network Astros Mets at one. Braves Phillies at seven. Wimbledon coverage right now. By the way, Francis TFO, Maryland zone, and I I said this, the the draw was really good for him. Like really broke that Francis had an opportunity to do something at Wimbledon and you know he's he's had a, a rough year, but uh, he's now through to the third round. He gets a much tougher opponent in uh, uh, Bublik. Uh, Alexander Bublik would be next for Francis TFO in the third round at Wimbledon. But coverage continues right now on ESPN. Um, uh, ESPN2 tonight the women's look the World Lacrosse Women's World Championships. God, I gotta do better with that. World Lacrosse Women's World Championship. At least, women's at least all the players' li- names wait, are really easy. Women's, women's World Championship. championship. At okay. least all the player names are really easy for me to pronounce.
1: <laughs> God, at a, a meeting this that'll morning. That'll be that'll be Saturday morning, right? That game is the one that you need to tune uh, into. The, yeah,
0: the one that involves Team Hong Kong. Yeah, yes. yeah. That'll be that's an exciting be, one. Uh, that's gonna be an interesting day. Uh, I got them on Saturday and on Monday. Anyway, the moral of the story being, that gets underway tonight at Towson. I would encourage you to get over there if you can't. ESPN 2 for the U.S. and Canada tonight at 7. NBA TV, Connecticut Sun, Chicago Sky at 12. Indiana Fever, Phoenix Mercury at 10. FS1, FC Dallas, and LAFC at 10.30. And TBS tonight at 8 for AW Dynamite. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, Not a lot. Paramount Plus
1: has a new show called All-Star Shore. Which it's oh, a bunch it, of it's,
0: it's like all the it's apparently there's a Jersey Shore spin off like in other countries. So oh, okay. like in so America there's Jersey Shore and then in in Britain there's Georgie Shore and like Georgie. they did like Florabama Shore and they did right. they're doing okay. a new one now. So they're taking
1: the stars from these yes, shows. and putting them yeah, together. Okay. That's yeah. what I saw. It was a random I reality believe the TV only stars. one
0: from Jersey Shore is Angelina, is the only one who's involved with it. Good for her. I'm a big Jersey. Uh, like you're, you you have. A, there's a f- couple of things about me where my trashy comes out. <laughs> I love amusement parks. I love fairs. The trashy comes out of me in that. I love Jersey Shore, and I. You can judge me all you want to judge me. That's just the way uh, it is. The
1: Flash, the season eight finale of The Flash tonight on the CW. Did you ever watch that show? What's that? The Flash, on CW.
0: I n- I've never. When I was in high
1: school, it. I watched it. I was actually and pretty I've big into it. it. I, have n- I am. I'm shocked that they're on season eight already.
0: yeah. Oh, I, I, I couldn't have told you anything.
1: Um, let's see. Uh, Steve Carell's gonna be on Late Night with Seth Meyers now. He's making his run. He's making his sure. runs for Minions. Oh, minions comes right. out. That's right. right. Well,
0: I probably might have to take the kids to that. Yeah. Should be. Should.
1: I mean, I guess it should. I, it's be good. fun.
0: They're, all those movies have been fine. They're they're fine. They really are. Yeah. Like, I I in fact the first Despicable Me I'd even say I enjoyed a great deal. I just me I too, checked me out. Too. I checked out after a while, and the kids did not. They are all in. There's a. Bl-
1: it's a black comedy revolution docuseries thing a two 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 night two parter thing right to offend on A&E okay. about using comedy to expose and promote discourse about serious issues in society sure it is Kevin Hart will be on there. I'm sure it's brilliant yeah it's, it's, it's that is the highlight All oh right. Miles Shomley Watson two time Olympic fencer champion he'll be on Ridiculousness on MTV alright
0: so there's that very good thanks <laughs> what, what, what are we doing Thanks today to Ben Verlander. Thanks also to Zach Peake. He was great. And to Drew Forrester. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Radio.com. tomorrow on the program. Jacob Berry, another potential number one overall pick for the Baltimore Orioles from LSU. Jacob Berry will join us. Speaking of uh, the MLB draft, we'll do our weekly draft segment uh, tomorrow. It'll be Jim Callis from MLB.com who will join us for the draft segment, and of course stuff and things. And Carson should be here as well. Huh? Oh, that's right. Oh, we're doing. What we got to do with the game. You gotta oh, yeah, remind yeah. me of that. Okay. Remind me. Send me a text later and make okay, sure that well. I prepared this. Son of a bitch. I gotta remember that. I got a lot going on right now. We're moving studios. Tomorrow's the last show before our summer break. That's it. Tomorrow and then we're not back until July eighteenth. So you better you better enjoy it. You better be grateful and revel in it. Just taking a two-week break. That's all it is. All right. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel, All-America Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoidot.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at RexpexRyan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glen Clark Radio. Have a great day. Wednesday evening. I'm nervous about whatever it is that you're about to show me. Uh, Go, Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.